less than an hour. Aircraft from here will join others from around the world. And you will be launching the largest aerial battle in the history of mankind. Mankind, huh? Words should have new meaning for all of us today. We can't be consumed by our petty differences anymore. We will be united in our common interests. Perhaps it's faith that today is the 4th of July. And you will once again be fighting for our freedom. Not from tyranny, oppression, or persecution. But from annihilation. We're fighting for our right to live. To exist. And should we win the day, the 4th of July will no longer be known as an American holiday, but as the day when the world declared in one voice, we will not go quietly into the night, we will not vanish without a fight, we're going to live on, we're going to survive. Some of the worst writing I've ever heard. We're gonna live on, and it's not just the yeah, bad writing. It's in your head. It does. Maybe that has something to do with the fact that I hear it like twice a week. And so have bad, it's good for you. <laughs> and you encourage others to hand you whatever they hand you. Move to Hollywood. Bill. Bill Pullman is the uh, Bill Pullman is the brand buds of the film world. Really terrible and uninteresting, and without any sort of discernible flavor or texture. But really good for you in a perverse kind of way. And it's not just the fact that he says, today, immediately followed by Independence Day. In case we thought that Independence Day was not today. In case we thought that he was celebrating in an, oh, I don't know, February. Yeah, for something you claim not to care about, you sure do know a lot about it. But, but don't forget, this came out during the 4th of July holiday. I'm sorry? This was the big blockbuster during the 4th of July holiday. You're like, you're like, you're like, you're like across the room from your microphone. Why is that? You're about 100 feet away from the mic. I was going to say, this motion picture came out during the 4th of July holiday. That is true, bitch, because it's one of the two films that made uh, Will Smith the king of the 4th of July. The first was Independence Day. Who knows the next one? While you were sleeping? Men in Black. What? Oh, oh wait. Oh, I thought you were talking about Will Bill Pullman. Smith. No, uh, no, no, no. It was this followed by uh, Men in Black the following Fourth of July. And then he tried to make it a three-peat, as Pat, Ly- uh, Pat Bradley would say, which is he tried to do it with Wild Wild West, which is a huge implosion with a big-ass mechanical spider. Uh. Um, all right. Also, the fact it's not just the bad writing, nor is it just the wooden delivery of Bill Pullman, who may be... I mean, that's a guy who really ought to do dinner theater playing David Duchovny right now. He's so wooden. It's sort of the confluence of the two. It is the conjoining of the poor writing and the bad delivery. The music is stirring. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> sure. All right. It lifts the spirits. It's that point when he says, we're going to live on. And he's saying it as though he's a man who's just decided between the tuna salad and the egg salad in the particularly uninteresting restaurants. You know what I mean? Like he's just... After a long period of soul reflection and contemplation, he's decided between the soup and the salad. All right. 
Uh, the, the other great moment, just to, just to wrap this whole thing up, the other great and by great I mean terrible moment of the, Indi- the Independence Day speech. Less than an hour. No, it's not the. It's not that. It's when he he does that fake pause in which you can hear him counting off the beat in his head when he does that. Mankind. Well, that's when mankind. The, that's that, when the symbols crack. That, I mean, you can hear, like, the Lee Strasberg-esque march of the beat in his head as he gives it, like, a one, two. You know what I mean? Like some bad Borscht Belt committee. You will be launching the largest aerial battle in the history of mankind. One, two, three, four. Mankind. <laughs> and then he does it again. Mankind, that beat, that word has no meaning. Anyway. He's afraid he paused too long. You might have forgotten uh-huh. the word. It's like that great story that Dennis Miller tells about going to see... Um, was it the, is it the match game that Chuck Woolery did, or was it the Newlywed game? What what is it that Chuck Woolery did? What was the game show he did? The big the famous one. Uh, the Microphone now completely <laughs> off. Hi, how you doing over there? Well, I took one of those. Uh, is it going to be another did one of those? Did you take another days? allergy pill? Uh, about an hour ago. Oh, Man, Ted, not even, your headphones aren't even plugged into anything. I know it. I have them earlier. Well, I do have the newscast in order. Uh huh. If only you were near a microphone that you turned on or were able to hear yourself in any way. Anyway, I think it was the dating game. but No, it wasn't the dating game. That was Jim Lane. Well, whatever it was. It was, it was Love Connection. Love Connection. Yeah. So Dennis Miller tells this great story, though. Uh, he tells it way better than I do, but Dennis Miller tells this great story about being... I guess he went to see it or he was backstage or something, but he was he, early on in his career, he was in, he was in L.A., and he went to he went there to where all the game shows were taped, and he went to see Chuck Woolery doing Love Connection. And... You know, and of course those guys all talk off of cue cards because you can't be remembered. To, you know, you're not gonna you're not gonna file away every little bit of incidental information about some bucktooth couple from Akron. So it was all written on cue cards, and he tells the greatest story, which just is funny on so many levels. Where he was later looking through the pile of used cue cards from Love Connection, starting and you know they they stack them chronologically. In other words, they, they you know they throw them away in the order in which you use them. And he said that the very first cue card just said in huge letters, Hi, I'm Chuck Woolery. <laughs> As though it would just completely escape his brain otherwise. That Chuck Woolery would come out and have no recollection of who he was or why he was there. I wish I would love to own one of those. Just a cue card that said, Hi, I'm Chuck Woolery. <laughs> But yeah, you know that one's own identity. They, had to be, they take like lots of those shows in one day. <laughs> so he might have thought, I mean, maybe was he taking a sideline from playing Francis the Talking Mule or something? I mean, the existential questions posed by that cue card cannot even be calculated. They're so staggering. All right. Hi, I'm Rick Emerson. Is who I am. Uh, I'm going to begin this show tomorrow by saying that I'm Chuck Woolery, and it'll be a callback to today. And if you were listening, it'll be hilarious. If not, it'll just be confusing. All right. It is uh, 8 minutes and 14 seconds after the hour of 11 in this, the month of October, in the year of our Lord, 2007. Thank you for coming by, making a part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed, yet not overly ostentatious studios of AM970 Solid State Radio. This, my friends, is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Thank you for uh, being there. We're here in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. If you would like to join us about uh, whatever today, it's uh, 503-733-2970 with your comments, your clarifications, your conventions, your two cents, uh, your what have you. It's 503 503- Seven three three two nine seventy. Uh, Scotty J is standing by, ready, willing, and able uh, in his hovel to pass along your calls about the interesting, the groundbreaking, the tedious, uh, the mundane, the whatever. It's five zero three seven three three two. 
970. 503-733-2970. You can also email if you like. It's rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at rickemerson.com. Uh, Sarah at 970.am. Tim at 970.am. Or Scotty J uh, at 970.am. All right. Uh, I don't know that we have... Hey, Scotty, do we have the, uh, the CNN thing confirmed? Boy, I am so behind today. It's my typical Wednesday behind. Because every other Wednesday... There's, there's this meeting that happens every other Wednesday, except when they move it or cancel it or stick it somewhere else or postpone it or have it earlier in the day. And so Wednesdays, if I'm ever going to be running late, today's the day when it's going to happen. So now, as I look at the screen, I realize I have none of my sound effects loaded. Wait, hold on me. Let me just load the first rack of my sound effects and see if they'll actually... Uh... Did you take an allergy pill also? No, I did not. I have... Uh, my excuse is not even medicinal. I simply wasn't paying attention to time this morning. Was it because you rode your bike and got simply, in Simply, once you shut up about what I wrote... There you go. I'm, I really did mean to ride my bike, and I'll, I'll talk about why I didn't here in a second. And me being a slack ass is only part of it. Admittedly, it's the larger part of it. It is, in fact, almost the entire bulk of it, but not all of it. Uh, all right, we have CNN radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins going to be joining us today. Uh, we'll talk to Steve Kastenbaum, whom we tipped off about an exciting news program, uh, an exciting news development yesterday. We gave him that the IMAS tip. You know what? We always know more than he knows. It really and is. we're 3,000 miles away. And he's in New York. Program, he never knows. Does he have a computer or a laptop or a Blackberry? I don't know that CNN is able to... Uh, I don't know. I don't know if CNN gives everybody the, the, the proper equipment. Calling from a payphone outside of the office? <laughs> Where is he speaking from? How would he not know? I don't know. The basic information that's going on in the city where he's stationed. <laughs> Ever. It's still sending things I just sometimes, every day. Having to pass along the information via semaphore flag. Uh, so we gave him a little heads up about the IMAS thing today. We'll find out if Steve Kastenbaum used our news tip later on today. Uh, Steve Kastenbaum from New York City uh, about the, I guess, IMAS's return, which is already being... You know, IMAS has become one of those guys now that every time... He's going to be like the grease man, where every time he tries to get out of the starting gate... There's a guy who's just out there just to shoot him in the head as soon as he leaves, figuratively speaking. As soon as he tries to get out of the, uh, of the, of the blocks, there's going to be somebody waiting there with a tripwire. Al Sharpton wants your cowboy hat. Yes, he does. He won't be happy until, uh, until he owns it. It's hanging over his mantle. Um, Al Sharpton has become the Fred Goldman to Imus's O.J., which is sort of an interesting thing when you think about it. Uh, all right, so we got Steve Kastenbaum coming up today. Lisa Desjardins will join us about the GOP debate. Did you watch the GOP debate last night? I watched the highlights of it. Me too. I watched some of the highlights of it, and then I meant to go back and watch the entire thing. And then I just, here's a little bit of irony for you. I just completely forgot because I was busy watching the West Wing. I was so engrossed in watching a completely fictitious political show that I actually forgot to watch the real world debate featuring some of the candidates who may in fact run the country in which I live. So Debates are stupid anyway. Well, they really are. They're pointless. And I understand that Fred Thompson didn't really do anything except he sort of stammered a little bit. Yeah. He was, he was completely uneventful. That guy's going to deflate pretty quickly. I do feel like it's going to end up being Giuliani. I mean, that's just my gut sense of it right now. He's not going to win. I think you're right. Yeah, he's not going to win, but he's going to run. I do think Giuliani's going to be end up being the... Um, Fred Thompson just sort of came off like... Um, he kind of came off like sort of a grumbly Winnie the Pooh. Just sort of a world bother, you know. Just it, it was just sort of generally grouchy about things and not terribly interesting. I I I think he's taking some bad advice from the right wing of the Republican Party, saying they're going to love you. They're going to love yeah, you. Sure. Just show up. Just stand there. Don't do anything. Just don't open your mouth. And if only that was an option. I mean, if it really was an option for him to just go to the debates and just. Uh, yeah, like maybe even wearing his costume from Hunt for Red October. And, and the other thing about him is his looks. 
Who among the ladies out there considers him a good-looking fellow? <laughs> no one. Somebody could watch for more than ten minutes without saying, man, is he ugly. Yeah, the the only people who will find... Uh, well, he does have a trophy wife, but I think that has more to do with the fact that he was a congressperson. Yeah. Um, and he's done well in that regard. You can't and he was an actor. No, no, no. And he was an actor. He did have some, uh, you know, he's not really a character actor. Somewhere between... So is, so is Tony Danza, but he's not running on the Republican tickets. Somewhere between character actor and regular actor. The only people who would find Fred Thompson attractive, I do believe, this is just my speculation. I think if you had some sort of, if you were perhaps a younger woman with some sort of perverse daddy fetish, you might find Fred Thompson sort of alluring because he does have the dad thing down. Go get my what slippers. Did you, I, I meant, but not, but not as Sarah once. Who did Sarah refer? Who did you refer to as the sexy dad? Oh, uh, who's the actor that you said? Not hey. Jack Wagner. I can't remember. No, it was some guy though. It was some actor, and Sarah goes, "Yeah, he's got that sexy dad thing down." Which uh, sounds really wrong. It's, but I know exactly what you mean. You know, it, I know it what you mean. Sense. Yes. Yes. It's exactly what he looks like. But that's what Fred Thompson has down, except he's sort of the grumpy, he's sort of grumpy, sort of less sexy dad. Fred? He's sort of Wilford Brimley before they found the aliens. I'm going to Google him. Okay. Uh, well, in any event, so we'll talk to Lisa Desjardins about the last night's GOP debate. CNN Radio correspondent Ed McCarthy is going to join us today, and I think this may be the final time that we ever use the words Vic and Michael, and it's because he got hit for $20 million in, in, uh, in bonuses he now has to pay back. So F him. The, uh, the continued irrelevance uh, and life-changing horror of Michael Vick uh, continues today. This may be the final Vick, sto Vick story ever, though. Because once they've come for his $20 million in, in, I think there's nothing left. Really, I think he's just going to end up living out of the back of a Torino somewhere. So uh, we will have today's top five. Scotty J has carefully and painstakingly assembled today's top five, and he was so excited about it. I didn't even ask him to do this. I walked in today, and I just said, hello, Scotty J, which is sort of like how, um, which is sort of like how Terrence and Phillips say, hello, Brooke Shields. But I said, hello, Scotty J. And he said, I've got your top five already put together. And I said, w w I don't remember asking for one. He goes, no, 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 I did it myself. And I said, well, you just can't quash that kind of enthusiasm. Mm -hmm. And I said, what? And he goes, he goes, it's the top five 70 songs with ride in the title. And then he kind of does that thing of that Jack Tripper thing of looking at me and bobbing his head back and forth. Waiting with a for giant smile on his yeah, face. Yeah. Waiting for the inevitable moment in which I proclaim, it's genius. And I don't really know what it is. It sounds like an excuse to play Slow Ride by Foghat, so, you know, whatever. So we'll do that later on. Top five 70 songs with Ride in the title. I can think of some. Yeah, me too. Uh, all right, let's see what else. Uh, Mr. Skin will be joining us today from MrSkin.com. We'll answer the magical question, who is the worst lyricist in all of music? Uh, and uh, your phone calls as well, plus the new news hour with Jim Riley. We'll get to your phone calls here in just a second. And uh, so forth. All right. Uh, we're joined today, as always, by the lovely and talented Sarah Dillon. How are you? Hello. You look nice today. Thank you. How was your uh, birthday? Now, did you stay out late? Are you? Uh, should I speak softly today? Um, I stayed out a bit late. But, no, I went to the montage and had some food with some friends and then went out. Uh, yeah, it was fun. Got I ask this break. question every year, but that's that place underneath the bridge, right? Or underneath yeah. the overpass? I can't believe that like you've never... Place. No, you've no I've that? been there once, and then they wrap your thing in like an origami tinfoil deal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I had jambalaya or something there one time. But here's the thing about that place is the reason I've never gone, and I'm not trying to knock Montage, although their bowling team is filled with obnoxious cretins who don't bathe all that regularly, by the way. Um, the thing about the Montage is the one time I went there, it was like 150 degrees and there was no air conditioning and it just 
it was one of those nights where all I wanted was a glass of water, just because I couldn't think about food, I couldn't think about ordering anything until my, my thirst was slaked, and I just could not get the attention of the woman who came by with the water glass, and she would walk by me every day, I wasn't able to get my water glass full. And so I had this terrible association in my head, where the Montas, when I think about that restaurant, I just immediately think of me being parched beyond all belief and not being able to get a waitress to come by. So i got to go by and give it another shot, because you go there every year, and this is like the third year in a row we've had this conversation, mm-hmm. and I haven't been there in all that time, so yeah. i got to go. I know, and I usually only go like once a year, right. but it was good. Excellent. This was very flavorful. So I don't need to speak. This I don't need to speak quietly. I'm not. I can. I can raise my voice around you. Oh no. Uh, yeah, you're doing just fine. Well, I just, and I, I. So much so, I even got up and rode my bike this morning. Hey, let me. Was that just a little twist right there? No, but, you know, I went out late, and then I also rode the half an hour to work. Well, aren't you a great person? I am. Well, yeah, I mean, at your age, Sarah, your body's not going to take care of itself. You do have to keep working on it now. Okay, Mr. Man. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. my mid-30s. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That was How's so that medical mean. hair restoration going? <laughs> I know. I am. Sounds, uh, sounds like I struck a nerve. I'm just saying, it was, it was sitting right there. It was like playing t-ball. That was so uncalled for. And it, was right, it was right there, and I just. I couldn't resist it. I know I'm a bad I know, person. No, I still feel and look youthful. I'm okay with no, that. That's true. I don't. I never really look youthful. I look bad even when I was youthful. Tim Riley. You always look like Brent Thompson. Thanks so much. <laughs> I might as well just put on the weight now. Uh, Tim Riley's working on the following stories for your edification. Now I feel bad. Don't feel so bad. Okay. I don't feel bad anymore. Okay, a a six-pack <laughs> closes down the OHSU tram. A man is arrested for taking a picture of a naked lady while she was standing at a Tualatin uh, salon. A Silverton boy was a national award for his lemonade stand. Other Republicans were at the debate yesterday besides Giuliani and Romney. David Hasselhoff is in rehab. Reese's Witherspoon is now officially divorced. They ought to make a Reese's Witherspoon, don't you think? They ought to make some sort of, hey, uh, Hershey, maybe. Uh, she's making that right now. No. You know what I bought but never ate because it's revolting, but I just wanted to own one? Was that uh, that banana Reese's peanut thing they put out a few months ago because of Elvis. It's like a Reese's peanut butter cup thing, but with Elvis on the front. And first of all, it was like three times the size of a normal one, of course. It was like three times the size of a normal Reese's peanut butter cup, and it was filled with banana. And I never ate it. I just sort of bought it because I wanted to That's have one around. That's kind of awesome. Yeah, I heard Don Geronimo talking about it. I'm like, I have to have one. So I immediately went to the store. Now I feel bad for making the crack about the bicycle. Oh, I don't care. No, you look fine. I feel fine. I'm not asking you how I look. I'm just saying. <laughs> Your opinion was unasked for. <laughs> <laughs> no, I uh, I really did intend to, and to make it work, uh, worse my, my my wife. And don't lash out on me just because you drive every day. No, no, no I drove. I bicycled yesterday. Yesterday, I drove. Uh, how many, my how much money have you stolen from retarded kids? Well, it's not how much I've stolen; it's how much I've given, Sarah. What's the blog? I don't. I don't know. I forget. I don't think it can be found. I think it's been taken down. I don't know that it's there anymore. Oh, I find that. I wouldn't worry about it. I wouldn't go looking that up or anything. My wife actually has bicycled now three days in a row, and she has to leave the house at 5.30 in the morning. And she works at the top of the hill, so she has to go straight up for like three miles. So I have no room to complain about anything. But the deal is that we got this new electric blanket. And the electric blanket, I've learned, has this magical property where it just sort of knocks me out. It just renders me completely and totally uh, unconscious and incapable of waking up. So I turn that on, and it just, you know, the morning comes, the alarm comes, right through it, man. I just, I don't know what it is. There's some sort of, it's putting out some sort of weird radiation that is sapping my will to live. So I either got to, uh, I got to go louder alarm clock. I read this thing the other day where they're working 
They're working on some kind of alarm clock. I think they have this in Japan, but they're trying to launch this alarm clock here in the States that when it turns on, it gradually uh, shines this beam of faux sunshine right at you to simulate the sun coming up right next to you because it's supposed to stimulate endorphins or whatever. I'm not going to be happy until they have that thing that just kicks me right out of the bed into the shower and then like pours the coffee down my throat Jetson style. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson radio program. What's up? Hello. Hey. Hey, I've got a radio question. Yesterday you were talking about... You've got a... I'm sorry, you've got a what? A radio, radio question? Radio question. What sort of accent am I detecting, sir? Oh, it's uh, um, southern, I guess. Well, now you would know... It. <laughs> Hold on. Unless... Well, I've, been, unless, I've lived in the Northwest for like the last ten years, but I can't get rid of my accent. I was just going to say, unless you were hatched out of a pod and have no recollection of your pre-existence, it seems <laughs> like you would know whether it was a southern accent or not. Did your parents just never tell you where you lived? No, I saw, I've lived up here for ten years. I just can't get rid of my accent. That's all right. You know what? Arnold Schwarzenegger's been here for like 50 years, and he still oh, yeah. talks like he's in Vienna. Yeah. Oh, English people do that, too. Yeah. Anyway, yesterday you were talking about uh, the fact that if you sing Happy Birthday, you got to pay royalties. Uh, yes, sir. Um, does radio stations have to pay royalties when they play songs? Uh, it's different for radio than it is for television. Uh, if you uh, if you sing a song that is copyrighted, a copyrighted work on television or in a movie or in any in conjunction with any visual image, you need what is called a synchronization license. And a synchronization license, there is no flat fee. The artist who wrote the song, the holder of the copyright, can charge you any amount that they want, uh, you know, or they can just say no or whatever. Uh, Radio is different. Radio pays a fee every year to like ASCAP and BMI and to music licensing agencies who then divvy up the money to the copyright holders. Yeah, so radio and television. Like <laughs> yeah, radio and TV operate under two different uh, two different sets of rules. Yeah, I was surprised that jukeboxes have to pay royalties. Yeah, and any venue that has uh, music in any sort of like a jukebox does count as a performance royalty. In fact, every we always talk about stories that come back over and over and over again. Like we have the rotting corpse flower story. We have the cameras in the UK story. The other story that you'll get about 18 months, uh, every 18 months if you work on talk radio, is the story about the Boy Scout troop who've been billed $4,000 for singing around a campfire. <laughs> which is never true. It's always a made-up pile of crap. But every 18 yeah. months or so, they'll, some story will come out about how ASCAP is attempting to bill the Girl Scouts for singing, uh, you know, Kumbaya on an outing somewhere. Yeah, I just don't see how they divvy up the royalties. Yeah, it's all very complex. Yeah. Thank okay, you. thanks. Bye now. I'm, you know, that really doesn't sound like a real voice. That sounded like a fake accent. I I'm, thought it was at first. He kind of sounds like um, Joe Ardinger on Donna Mike. Where did that whole, you know, Gumby was produced by people in LSD 25. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. Hey. Uh, and Sarah and Tim. Hello. Uh, by the way, I think that they already have those alarm clocks. You might check, like, Sharper Image or someplace Where it like wakes that. you up with the, with the simulated sunshine? Yeah, yeah, Excellent. and there's like all kinds of nutcases around here that have the light boxes and stuff like that. So. Hey, but see, it's not a nutcase thing. Like I, well, if you're waking up early in the morning when the sun is most likely coming out, couldn't you just roll up your window and have real sunshine? Well, well I, I suppose, but in the winter time, the sun doesn't come up until late. Like if you wake up at six thirty, seven o'clock in the morning, it's still dark outside. And yeah. plus, in uh, the in my bedroom, the window does not hit the. Uh, how do I put this? We have a very high-backed bed, and it actually blocks a lot of our window. And so it sort of it functions just like a big, thick drape, like a wooden drape over the window. Like we dance. It's, our bed has such a high back, and the, our bed and the, the room are of such dimension that the bed itself and the headboard actually covers up 
uh, a lot of our bedroom window. So it blocks a lot of the sun from getting in. So even during the summer, our bedroom does not get as light as it normally would because the window is blocked by part of our bed. Is this uh, really what you're calling about? No. Okay. I, 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 what are you calling about, sir? Hey, I just had a really funny dream last night. Um, I was in a phone booth kissing a girl. Uh-huh. Yes. And her breath smelled of booze, and she had a <laughs> pair of car keys. Um, <laughs> okay. There you go, Lisa. <laughs> you are a bad person, sir. I really honestly didn't know where that was going until it was I, too late. I didn't mention any names. And neither was we. No, I didn't mention yeah. any name either. Yeah. You're a bad person. But can I tell Well, okay. Yeah. Can you tell them what? No, no, no. It's fine. No, I, no don't worry about it. Okay. All right. Uh, have you been perusing the Internet, sir? <clears throat> you know, Sarah, you have a really nice MySpace page. I do? Yeah, it has lots of um, Well, my friends like to leave me a lot of comments. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they do. They sure do. Thank you, sir. Good day. All right. Bye now. I didn't see that coming. I really didn't. I didn't see that coming either. I really thought he was talking to get, calling to say something else. It does say in the screen I had a booze dream last night, but I mean, really, that could apply to any number of people in our audience. All right. It's uh, 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Coming up later on, uh, Lisa Desjardins, Steve Kassenbaum, uh, Ed McCarthy. We'll do the top five. Mr. Skin coming up at 1.30. Our hunt for the worst rock lyricist uh, of all time. More of your telephone calls and thus and so. It's uh, 503-733-2970. It is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. We'll take a break. Be back after this. Don't go anywhere. Stay right there. Lisa Desjardins is next. Is to give up. Thanks, sir. I wasn't talking to you. It's 503-733-2970. Now, what does he say? That's an animal. Oh, no. My advice to you, I'm confusing two things. I'm doing that thing again. One is Homer Simpson, where he says, where because Bart tries to do something and he fails, and Homer says, you know, the lesson in trying and failing is to never try. I am conflating that with John Belushi in Animal House. He says, my advice to you is to start drinking heavily. As he's talking to, uh, to Flounder, and he just shoves the big six-pack right into his arms. It's 503-733-2. But find a phone booth first. 503-733-2970 is our telephone number. Ladies and gentlemen, let's now welcome to the Rick Emerson. Oh, can I tell you whose night was made by that last night? You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. Can I tell you whose night was made by that? And Her who, and mine both. And who didn't even need to be told the whole story. I'm sorry, Lisa. We'll get, we'll do, I'll, I'll do a proper introduction here in just a second. So I said, uh, I said, hey. Uh, did you just give the punchline? I did. Well, I gave the punchline about the fate of the person. And I said, uh, I said, hey, guess who's blank, 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 blank. And my wife, without missing a beat, said her name. Really? <laughs> Without missing a beat. I just said, hey, you'll never guess who blank, blank, blank. And my wife just went, oh, is it da 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 And Did I she said, say it very giddily? She, she, with a certain evil gleam in her eye. All right. I'm, can we play that theme again? I, uh -huh. I feel like we introduced Lisa. From the hill. CNN Radio correspondent to the stars, the one and only Lisa Desjardins. Hello, Lisa. How are you? Hi, guys. Let me just say that Scotty on the screen today has spelled your name with a J, a B, an X, and a D. Excellent. Two Ds, I'm sorry. A, a, D, a D towards the end as well. Uh, and, a, and a Y. Perhaps it's an attempt at Cyrillic? And, uh, and another J. 
<laughs> and also a B-I-N in the middle. So there you go. I, I think he may be using silent letters today when he types. How are things? How's life? Are you, uh, now are you, are you still winded and exhausted from your whirlwind uh, wedding over the weekend? You know, yeah, still, still, uh, Sleeping like the horses, as they say in Russia, to do a double Russia reference now early in this broadcast. Yeah, we're we are still uh, still recovering, but you know we've got another wedding this weekend. It's all about the wedding. Now, what is oh now? Uh, I know it is the year of weddings, as Tyler Moody at CNN called. Yes, it's ridiculous. We've got six. We've well, no, that's not true. We've got. Uh, I don't know. We have basically four unmarried people that work in our division of CNN. All four of us got married this year. Yeah, because of the, because of the, uh, uh, because Laura Caviezel got married. Tyler, I know, is getting married. Steve Kastamon got married. You got married. So it's right. like a, it's like some sort of weird matrimonial plague that's sweeping through your office. It's, it's crazy. Exactly. Give, by the way, I will ask you now, sleeping like the horses, please now to arm me with at least one other Russian expression that I can work into my daily dialogue. Don't hang noodles off my ears. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I honestly have, I'm giving like 60% that you're just effing with me right now. <laughs> no, that is legitimate. That's, you know, uh, don't, and that's actually, you know, don't, don't mess with me. Don't, uh, don't, don't lie to me. Don't hang noodles off my ears. Scotty, you know what you need to do with that. Uh, let's see, don't hang noodles off my ears. Now, is that one of those weird, like you always hear that story about how when you translate Coca-Cola into Chinese, it's bite the wax tadpole? Is, <laughs> Is this one of those things that would make a lot more sense if, if I heard it in the original Russian, or does it, is it just a weird phrase regardless, and they just don't realize how weird it is because they've always used it? Right. I think that's what it is. I think it's the latter. Don't hang noodles. There is, see, and then when I hear stuff like that, not to get off into some sort of analogical tangent here, <laughs> uh, when I hear a thing like don't hang noodles, uh, and by the way, just the fact that you said it without even the, the barest rudiments of a pause, it's like it is as though this was just scripted out and that was on a teleprompter in front of you waiting to be uttered. No, you know, it's been. I think it's been waiting for years to come out. I, 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 I can't explain that reaction, but it was right there. Have I, you I, ever used that here in America in conversation with somebody without any sort of preface or context? So sadly, no. I got. I've got to get back on the noodle train. I challenge. I challenge you. <laughs> no. We're going to become dangerously giddy if we don't stop this. But yes. I challenge you to use that in conversation uh, sometime this week. Can I ask you? And this is. Right, um, I don't mean to work blue, but I do want to ask you a question about about Russian phraseology. Okay. Um, I don't know. We'll see. Is it true that a common uh, Russian phrase, which is sort of a catch-all expression, sort of like uh, forget about it or get out of here or, you know, go figure, is it true that the phrase um, blank your mother is used a lot in Russia? You know, I... I... I did hear I did hear that when I was there, but I I think it's much more popular now. I, I don't I think that it wasn't it was just uh, starting to bubble up when I was there. All right, it was it was just it was it was uh, it was not at the top of the chart. It was bubbling under. It was bubbling say. up exactly. All right. Uh, well, let's talk about last night's GOP debate. So I I did not get to see all of it. I saw a bunch of the highlights. I didn't watch I mentioned this earlier. This is what I did. So I go home, made a note to myself, hey, I TiVo that uh, GOP debate. I've got to be sure to watch that later. But first, maybe I'll settle in and watch some episodes of the West Wing Season 2. So I actually got so engrossed in a completely fictitious political program that I, in large part, forgot to watch an actual, real, uh, honest-to-God, real-life debate from uh, featuring guys who one of whom may end up leading the country in which I live. So that's kind of emblematic of my whole personality right there. And I think the personality of the country. I think I think most voters would prefer West Wing. I Yeah, I have no one but myself to blame for that. So I don't know if, I mean, from what I saw this morning, it doesn't look as though I missed a whole lot, except that Fred Thompson was 
I would say wholly unimpressive, at least from a from an aesthetic and stagecraft point of view. That guy was just a big ball of Samanex. There was no razzle, there was no dazzle, but he, neither did he really uh, mess up. He he did correctly name the Prime Minister of Canada. He also he he did he, it. Became, it was clear that he he is conservative. That he does have uh, the conservative beliefs. I think to match what many conservatives want, at least fiscally, they didn't really get into. Um, social conservatism very much at all. But when talking about fiscal conservatism, he put it out there. He said, I don't think a recession's coming. I, I, I don't think the U.S. government needs to intervene very, very often. Uh, he, and, and I think that recession question, uh, was interesting because he did say he thinks the economy is rosy now. He thinks, it, he thinks it's rosy for 10 years. After that, he thinks that we, we are going to have some spending problems, talking about social security, the deficit, those issues. But this issue of the rosy economy, he was countered by Mike Huckabee, the former Arkansas governor, who said there's a lot of people that differ with, with that and who are working two jobs, are having a hard time, people who, for whom the economy is not rosy. So there was a little bit of a, not direct back and forth, but some issues there. But otherwise, Fred Thompson did seem a little uncomfortable at the beginning. He seemed to feel much more comfortable by the end, but not really the most dynamic guy on the stage. And I think he's not trying to be. I think he really is hoping that his beliefs uh, will carry him. But I think he was outshone in terms of debate format by the other folks on the stage, but it depends on what you're looking for. And do you suppose that there is some sort of just tacit understanding among all the candidates that they don't discuss issues of a social conservative nature, socially conservative? I'm, I'm suffixing, suffixing my words incorrectly today. <laughs> of a socially conservative nature because they they got to know, they got to look at each other, uh, and, and they they got to know that they're just all over the board in terms of social issues, uh, that really the only thing that they can present a united front on it and still call themselves Republicans is, is this sort of fiscal uh, thing, right? Because once they, once they stray off, they used to say that Social Security was the third rail, but there are so many third rails now and so many of them social or moral issues uh, that once they start treading on that ground, it's just a minefield because there's just any number of places where they're going to get tripped up there. But it's a minefield a couple of candidates like. Mike Huckabee, again, coming back to him, I think he likes bringing up those social issues because he thinks that he can he can really get those votes. And we're talking about pro-life, talking about uh, religious voters. Sam Brownback to some degree as well. But, you know, I think what happened last night or yesterday is that you saw the two front runners, Giuliani and Romney, really take command of that debate. And those are the exact same two guys who do not want to talk about abortion anymore right. uh, because it's a tough issue for them. And the Republican Party, anyway. Am I wrong about this? Or there would seem to be, well, first of all, a lot of, uh, maybe a lot, but more than a few mentions of Hillary Clinton last night. Oh, it was all about, and, and that is what unifies these Republicans. And they believe that uh, even if Republicans can't pick one of them to love, Republicans can unite behind hatred of Hillary Clinton. And so they're trying to really stoke that fire and, and be the the candidate who can uh, beat or beat up on Hillary Clinton the best. And and now we really saw that emerge, and we're going to hear a lot more of that, I believe. This really is a whole enemy of my enemy is my friend kind of a thing. That's precisely what it is. And, and you're going to hear, and Giuliani specifically is going to really try and bring that point home because he, he wants to unify, as you say, these different Republican camps who are a bit splintered on social issues right now and other issues as well. They're, they're a little demoralized after the Bush presidency and divisions over the Iraq war.
war, but he he wants to galvanize everyone behind him on this anti-Hillary idea and, and doesn't want to get into the issue necessarily that, that he is a much more moderate Republican than some of his opponents. As I have said many times, I do believe that in America the vote for president is in many ways a vote for kind of a national dad. And, <laughs> and I do think all things being equal, I think that right now, I don't think he'd win the general election, but I do think that right now Giuliani is the presumptive GOP nominee on that on that front. Watch out for Mitt Romney. He, the thing is that you're right on the dad front, it's possible. And, and Mitt Romney, however, is is doing very well in these early states. And and he it depends on how you there there is no one front runner but if you look at the national polls Giuliani is leading if you look at state by state could be Romney and so those those two guys are are really in a very tight battle right now I got to tell you Mitt Romney freaks me out and, and I have no <laughs> real basis for that and that's not based on his religion it's not based on anything specific he has done he just has this weird like robo candidate is thing. he a little step for you? Is that what you're saying? He really is. Here's the thing. Mitt Romney looks like a slightly more muscular, bulked-up version of what Ralph Reed used to look like. <laughs> and Ralph Reed used to scare the living hell out of me because I would look at Ralph Reed, who was at that time the head of the Christian Coalition, uh, who is now relegated to... I don't know. I think he's guessing people's weight down at a down at a uh, you know at a tent on a, in a you know in Atlantic City. But I he, there was this time when Ralph Reed just. He just he, here's the thing. Like if I can draw the analogy out one step further, Mitt Romney reminds me of what Ralph Reed used to look like, and that in turn reminded me of Jude Law in in uh, Steven Spielberg's AI. Where if you remember, if you've seen AI, Jude yeah. Law, yeah, Jude Law was like this flawless like sex bot, and he was just this weird living Ken doll of a person, and that is what Ralph Reed used to look like. Uh, and that, in turn, is kind of what Mitt Romney looks like. So it's sort of like with each successive Terminator movie, the technology became more advanced, and they became more and more human, and they could pass for lifelike. <laughs> that is what Mitt Romney looks like. He looks, he looks like a guy that could easily sit behind the Oval Office and fit in. And I, it's a shame that such things have to count, but they really do. The, the question of who looks more presidential. Um, I'm completely into inside baseball. Actually, in May, uh, Mitt Romney was in Georgia for, I believe it was a Republican convention, and he, he actually said, you know, he, he pointed to uh, Ralph Reed and said, hey, it's great to see Gary Bauer here. <laughs> and, and just completely... Completely uh, misunderstood, and and it actually turned out the the only reason I know this is because I worked in I worked in South Carolina, and and not only did he mistake uh, Ralph Reed for Gary Bauer supposedly, but he actually mistook him for South Carolina's lieutenant governor, whose name is Andre Bauer. <laughs> so it was this bizarre sort of threefold uh, goof up on. Well, look at it this way. Kind of like Ralph Reed. And look at it this way. He could have mistaken he could have mistaken him for Andre Brower, a uh, talented <laughs> black that. actor from Homicide, which actually would have been the, the way more unnerving. <laughs> Very highly embarrassing, although perhaps get, get uh, a whole new avenue of voters behind it. By the way, I'd like you to hear this, if I can just... Uh... Don't hang noodles off my ears. There you go. Oh! There you go. That's, that's going to be... Who's on the fast editing over that's, there? Uh, that's the one and only Scotty J back there. <laughs> wow. Hey, by the way, we do have a... I believe we have a call about Russian linguistics for you. Great. Uh, hold on. It's, uh, oh, this is... I, I would wager this is our good friend Diana from downtown. Hello, Diana. Okay. So, yes, hanging noodles from an ear is a real Russian expression. 
Um, the other thing is you know, the Yo Mama stuff, you're really going to hear that in tank drivers and artillery men. You're uh, not really going to hear that in proper conversation. I have to tell you all, Diana's made a fabulous offer to me of, of, of some vodka, which I, of course, have accepted. Oh, fantastic. Uh, which not which is, I do love. I love the thanks, thanks to Mother Russia. I do love the vodka. You, you, you really are one of us, Lisa, in every way. I mean, it really couldn't be more couldn't be more clear. Excellent. Thank you, Diana. You continue to be is one of the coolest Russian people we know. Her accent is so amazing. No. I played this is like hearing one of those weird shortwave conversations late at night. It's just a series of numbers in a foreign language being broadcast from the South Pole. So that's what I used to do. Yeah. No, I, I always suspected that you used to. I always thought you just beat people in small rooms. But I, no, I, no, no, no. I was a radio girl. Oh, okay. I prefer my version. Yeah, all the more. That's great. Yeah. All right. Excellent. Thank you, Diana. Take good care. Hi. You too. Thank you. All right. How great is that? Ah, good for my heart. Yeah. Right. To, hear the, to hear the Russian. Best audience ever. All right. Fantastic. Yeah. All right, Lisa. Well, enjoy the rest of your day. We will. Uh, are you on tomorrow? I am. I'm here for the rest of the week. Oh, I'm that's sure. right. And then you are gone mid-next week. Mid-next week, exactly, is when I go to Italy. All right. Well, we'll talk more about it. We'll get some suggestions from the audience, because I'm, okay. sure, I'm sure you're not already up to your eyeballs in suggestions from people who've been to Europe for like a day and a half and decide to tell you what to do. I hesitate to say this, but, you know, the, the wedding is, a, is an advice blocker on the honeymoon, and so actually we haven't gotten many suggestions, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, well, next week we'll... We'll roll out some uh, some observations for you from the people okay, who've been there. Fantastic. All right. Lisa Desjardins, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, sister. See ya. All right. There you go. Fantastic. How nerdy and hot and great was that? Come on. Come on. I know. When you start laughing, I'm like, you need to stop so no. everyone can hear him. No, no, no. I decided to pull myself off microphone. I just, uh, yeah. Just kind of have like, like, it's like two, two Natashas. Don't hang noodles off my ears. Oh, and I have to say this again, and the fact that she didn't hesitate for even a nanosecond. When I was talking about that, um, was sleep like the horses or whatever the the hell, and I said, is there something else? It just, bam, immediately came out with that. That is wonderful. This this really is, and it has... It has nothing to do with me. I am completely not a part of this statement when I really say that at moments like that, this really is the best show ever. I don't even have to be here. I mean, really, honestly, it could just be like, uh, it could just be Al Franken sitting here. And if that, you know, that would, like this, I get emails like this one. This is Rick. Um, I don't care what they just said in Russian, but it was damn hot. Pleased to be playing that all the time. That's the. Yeah, Scotty, you need to be excerpting that. I know what the beat. Scotty's up in the screen. I'm starting to believe Lisa is a little wild. Uh, All right, from the South, let us now welcome to the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Our good friend, CNN radio correspondent Ed McCarthy. Hello, sir. How are Rick, you? Rick, good afternoon to you. How's life, my friend? Not too shabby, actually. Excellent. Well, you can't aim for more than not too shabby. <laughs> I'll take that. That was my uh, that was my, my mom's response to everything. As I say, Mom, how are you? And she go, Well, I'm fair to Midland. That's it. And it's the uh, the direct uh, opposite of I'm really having a rotten day. You know what I mean? <laughs> Today I wish I was dead. Yeah. <laughs> Today I am looking for the pistol that I have somehow misplaced in a drawer. <laughs> Um, well, I mean, this is a really bad segue, but at the very least, you can thank your stars that you are not Michael Vick today, who is A, ruined, B, unemployed, C, can't get hired again for anything ever for the rest of his life, 
D, having to listen to PETA people yell at him. Uh, e, having his face put all over a mocking T-shirt, of which he gets no slice. And I think this is the second time that's happened to him. Uh, and F is now going to have to give back $20 million in bonus money to the Atlanta Falcons. That is correct. And not to mention those Vic Chew toys, which he doesn't get a royalty from either. He, he really, I don't think it's an overstatement to say that he is actually more screwed at this point than anybody in the last year and a half in this country. I mean, really, Larry Craig has got to be glad every time Michael Vick hits the front page because it just, he, he is so unbelievably effed in every conceivable way that he blows everybody else off the headlines. Yeah, anybody or any other celebrity that uh, is ever mentioned, uh, you know, and they think, well, you know, there's Michael the gimmick. We kept saying we weren't going to talk about this anymore, oh, I, and then all of a sudden, there's something new every day, and we have to. Every every time I say that, the next day, uh, there'll be some story about it. And so this is now, is this $20 million that the Falcons are actually going to be able to get, or is he going to, is he going to do some... Uh, you know, uh, well, I don't know, some, some some scam where he hides it in the Bahamas somewhere. Well, that's an interesting question because uh, he's been out uh, being sued left and right now by uh, one was a, uh, a rental car company that he supposedly started up, and uh, he's being sued for uh, for bad loans. You know, not paying back the loans, defaulting on loans. So, you know, if he had all this money, the question you have in the first place is, well, you know, why did he need a loan if he had all this money? <laughs> I really thought about that, but that is that is an interesting point. So, you know, I, I don't know. This guy really, you know, when these people have a world, the world by a string, and, and, and they're just such screw-ups, it, it's just amazing. Well, and, and especially that you would just lose it to something just as barbaric as he did. Uh, I mean, it really, it, it just, uh, you know, and, and I, I think it was Whoopi Goldberg who made some observation on The View the other day that, well, it's part of the culture, and you've got to, you know, but I, it, really, if you're, I mean, $20 million it was not even his salary. This was the bonus, right? This is the bonus, right? I mean, it was $130 bonus. million dollars, uh, over, uh, what was it, eight years or whatever yeah. that uh, he had signed, and that was the bonus. The I bonus mean, was $22 million. And this is pretty rare for these uh, arbitrators to go against you on one of these cases where you have the signing bonus money at stake. Usually that never leaves your site or it's in your bank account and you don't give it up. But now the players' union is going to fight this. They're going to appeal again. And I, I just really uh, can't believe that uh, this guy's really got it all going to bed. You know, you know what they really ought to do? This is, there was a great case, I believe, in Idaho a few years ago. Uh, there was a great case where a woman... I'm trying to remember exactly how this worked. But a woman had been the victim of a crime. She had been the victim of some kind of a, some kind of, I think it was a hate crime or some sort of a hate-motivated crime. Anyway, she sued, blah, 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 blah. She ended up actually owning the property and owning the house of the guy that had, had attacked her. Oh. So really, I think the final resolution this ought to be is they ought to take his house away, and it really ought to just become a dog shelter. They ought to just, you should start pushing for that right now. You could probably get some publicity for that. You know, you just see so many people who are animal lovers. Actually, we had to tell take one of ours uh, yesterday, and we spent like three hours out at the, uh, the, the University of Georgia where the dog had surgery on both legs, and you see so many people coming in there, and they're in tears over their animals because they absolutely love their animals, and then you think some people are just so detached, I guess, from the world that they, they really don't have a care for anything that's living. That really ought to be the ultimate resolution of this. They take Michael Vick's house, and they turn it into a dog shelter slash hospital that he has to fund for five years. We will have to uh, put that up as That's a recommendation. A great idea. You write that down. You tell them I came up with that. That's a fantastic idea. All right, my friend. Enjoy the rest of your uh, day. Have a have a vodka cranberry for us. All right, Rick. Excellent. There you go. Ed McCarthy, ladies and gentlemen, in the south.
Fantastic. All right. It's going to be a great day. I can just feel it. We're an hour in. It's already a wonderful program. Just, it's going to continue to roll like that. Oh, by the way, I know that you were concerned that that website wasn't still up, but I was able to find it. Thank God. And um, I can let you know how you're doing. If that's okay, how much money you've uh, raised and stolen from for the mentally retarded. Can I just, okay. First of all, stop. Second of all, that's a drastic revision of the text. Well, anyone can find it if you go to emersonchallenge.blogspot.com. <coughs> what? I'm sorry. I'm emersonchallenge.blogspot.com. Thanks so much. Can I just say the funny thing, though, is when you started referring obliquely just now to uh, that website is still up, there were at least two different websites that I thought you might be talking about. I wasn't really sure which one you were addressing. This is you have another website? No, it's not about me. That's You know what I'm talking about. When are we just going to do it? We're not going to do it. We're too nice. No, because we're good people at we're heart. Gonna, if the, the people are smart, and the people, after all of our alluding to it, will be able to find they it. I know. It's just, I would feel uh, it's not my place to just, come out and, uh, to come out and just point people toward that website. Yes, He's never I, actually said anything to my face. It's just always been behind my back. Huh. Yes, I stole money from children today. We're all going to have to just be okay with that and get past it. I bicycled yesterday. Can I just say this, not to be lamenting my own problems in this world? There's like children in wheelchairs who are not going to be able to walk because I drove to work today. You know what sucks even more than bicycling after uh, like four weeks of not? He's on the way home and it's just straight uphill. Just one long uphill slog. Just sucks. Sucks and blows all at once. I know. I, I rode my bike, and then right after I got here, it started drizzling. I'm like, oh, this is going to be a sucky ride home. And here's the other thing. And, I, and again, I don't really mean to complain. I'm just saying. you re- And I know it's my own fault. I am hoist by my own petard, as they say. But you don't really or I don't really appreciate the fact that I had all summer to bicycle until it's like now. Because now you forget how nice it is to just get on your bike, shorts, T-shirt, helmet, good. You know, you're good to go. You jump on the bike and go. Because now it's like i got to have the rain gear with me all the time in case God decides to punish with a, uh, punish us with a, some sort of a torrential downfall. i got to have my rain bag with me. i got to have my lights because it gets dark at like 1 in the afternoon. i got to have my helmet. i got to have like my ear it's thing under the helmet. All I'm hearing is excuses, excuses, excuses. So on, um, as I have no response to that just now. Friday, August 31st, let's see. All right, so people have pledged their own hard-earned money. They've pledged almost $8,000. All right, so on this one, you biked 34 days out of 73, which is a 32% success rate. You know what? If I had that success rate in the NBA, I would be an all-star. You earned $1,007.76, but screwed mentally challenged kids out of 2100 Don't hang noodles off my ears. It's not going to distract me. We have to, we have to, we have to break. Nobody distracted everybody else. Back after this, Tim Riley, have ye news for us? Oh, yes. Excellent. We'll return. I'm going to have to really keep it together because I can feel myself just becoming dangerously giggly about everything today. It's one of those days when I'm a roller coaster that's a few pins short. All right. We return next with Tim Riley, the noon news hour. Here's Hank Jr. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. The uh, Rick Emerson Radio Program. Rick, I call BS on your bicycling to work. You know you're one of those fat people that hops on the bus with your bicycle. Just admit it. No, that's not true. I actually don't do that. Sure. I don't know. Like we're supposed to believe you. Know, to be... At this point, what is my motive to lie? I mean, really, honestly, I do so little. 
I mean... Well, I, you do say you still have the cockiness of a bike rider even though you never ride. That's what I'm saying. Well, that's what I... I have to bicycle at least once a month so I can maintain my smugness. It's like, uh, you know what it is? It's like visiting... Uh, it's like you have to go to Yahoo Mail once a month or whatever, so your password doesn't reset or whatever the hell it is. I, I got to do it like once a month so I can, you know. Otherwise, my smugness goes away. Rick, one time I've got a couple of these in a row. Let's see how unnerving this is. Rick, one time I was sitting right next to Tim on the Max. And he said I uh, I chose not to speak to him. I hope he appreciates this small gesture of non-communication. Yes, please. How about this, Rick? Regarding Tim and the suburbs, <laughs> I noticed Tim at an Albertson several months ago. Knowing Tim's horror of being accosted by the unwashed masses, I pondered going up to him and dropping down on both knees and worshipping him. Then I would repeatedly chant, Tim Riley is my God, and watch with glee the expression on his face. You know what? It couldn't have been me. I don't go to Albertsons. <laughs> is this, are you trying to throw him off the trail? No, but it is true. Albertson's Kosser, you might as well shop at 7-Eleven. Okay, well, I wonder who he saw then. That's interesting. It wasn't me. That's like that email that we got a long time ago, that guy who said he came up and talked to me at the, at Magic Gardens or whatever, that strip club, and you were a total jerk. F you. And at the time, I had never been there in my life. And, and I've been there. And I, I emailed back. I think I've been there subsequently with Sarah and Greg from KNRK. Um, we went to prior to another company, but at the time, I had never been there. And I to this day... And he said the guy talked to him. He's like, yeah, the guy talked to me. We, you know, we talked about the show and whatever. But then the guy, and then you were a real jerk. He, me, the guy with the Rick impersonator was a real jerk to him. Oh, yeah. So to this day, I wonder who it was that got recognized falsely as being me and then knew me and decided to play along with it. It's all very confusing. Uh, and how empty is your life if you pass it by pretending to be me? I mean, that really is just, that's so sad it can't even be calculated. Here's Tim Riley. Well, everybody has a double out there. It is true. Like, if you're not. like in the Brady Bunch, where Peter has that double from uh, from Michigan or whatever that's from. Well, uh, the president is opposing moves in Congress to label the 1950 massacres of Armenians a genocide. Oh, you know, uh, Kristen from accounting, who uh, is an Armenian. She, she and she had emailed me about this, and I keep forgetting to do this. She wanted me to ask uh, the artist formerly known as Lisa Goddard about this, mm -hmm. uh, because because Bush is digging in his heels and he won't call it a genocide. Uh, and there are reasons to know why. Well. We'll get to that in just a jiffy here. Is this going to be an awkward thing where your people killed Kristen's people? No, my people didn't get that far. Okay. My people would have been killed if they lived their own. <laughs> uh, the president warned efforts could do great harm to the U.S. with our relations with Turkey. We all deeply regret the tragic suffering of the Armenian people that began in 1915. This resolution is not the right response to these historic mass killings. And you know why? Historic mass killings. It sounds like he's really happy about I know. it. Here's the problem. Iraq and the United States are urging Turkey right now against a cross-border military operation to chase separate Kurdish rebels in northern Iraq. So if we do anything more to upset them, uh -huh. they're going to go after the Kurds who are allegedly our friends there. I see. So that we've got. So this is we have to overlook the pesky genocide thing to get their help on something. This now. is all about Iraq. Exactly. Right. Uh, Dana Perino said talk of a military operation is uh, hypothetical at this moment. Well, right now we're focused on cooperating uh, with the Turks and the Iraqis to make sure that the PKK um, can be stopped. That uh, that the violence that threatens not only Turkey but Iraqis as well. Uh, can be um, curtailed right there in northern Iraq. So our only friends there right now are the Kurds in the northern area of Iraq, and apparently they killed a bunch of Turks, and so now the Turks want to go back in. So if we start going after the Turks right now, then 
Who will our friends be? I, I Not that we have valuable friends here in the first place. So that's why we're ignoring the Armenian genocide. No, does that I'm, make sense to you? I, I guess. I'm, no, I'm, I'm, I'm back down my whole thing. Not that they who... didn't do it. We know they did it. Oh, no, of course yeah. they did. Well, any time, didn't the killing last for years? Yeah. I think any time the killing lasts for more than a day, that's a genocide. Because that's, if it lasts for more than a day, you're making a concerted effort to get rid of some folks. And that's, I think that's the textbook definition of genocide. But I think that the other reason we don't do it is I do think there is some law that if we class something officially as a genocide, then we're, like, responsible to do, we have to do something. Like we're supposed to go in and... Clean house if it's still going on, and if not, we're supposed to. I know. Well, the, the Turks will clean our clocks because there are more of them there than we are. Or guess they're going to time out or something. Right. I'm still back on trying to figure out who Dana Perino looks like, and it's kind of weirding me out that I, it's, I can I can kind of see the, the celebrity in my in my head that she looks like, but then it sort of escapes me. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show, sir. Madam is the case, maybe. Uh, that'd be a sir this time. Hey. Hey, uh, you know what that whole renaming of the street there you're talking about? Uh, Cesar Chavez Boulevard. Yeah, there we go. Did you hear uh, our, our, our wonderful mayor last night? Uh, we are trying not to listen to him. Tom Potter? Yeah, Jack Cole Potter. He says that uh, since they didn't follow the law when they renamed Portland Boulevard to Rosa Parks Way, so therefore that set a precedent that they don't have to follow the rules this time, and they're just going to rename it when they choose. He so, didn't say that. Honest to God, it was on the news last night. Really? Honestly? Uh, he said it, I don't watch it, the news, set, I can tell. It set a precedent that they don't have to follow the rules this time. I was busy watching Crystal Darkness. I watched that, too. Well, part of it. Oh, see, but I'm lying. I, I didn't watch it at all. <laughs> I fast-forwarded to the rotting teeth part. Anyway. Excellent. Fantastic. Okay, um, well, we'll look for that, because I would really like to hear... I mean, what is he doing? What is he care? He's not running for anything again anyway, but... And that, what does it matter if you're the mayor here? What do you do? Right? That really, apparently, you just get up in city council meetings and you just proclaim that you are the law. Yeah, and he, he wanted the strong mayor system. It's like, well, you're obviously not obeying the uh, weak mayor system. It, so, you know. it seems like there's somebody from Portland we ought to be naming a street after. Because what is the deal? Is the deal you have to be dead for ten years or something? Uh, no, because Rosa Parks has only been dead for like two. Yeah, yeah, no, it's just a matter of, of you have to get, you know, give a darn about what anybody that actually lives there says, and you have to hold certain here. You know, Portland, they love to have uh, the process. My well, gosh, if you don't follow the process, then it's the world's end. Well, no, but I mean, really, honestly, if, if the deal now, if the president has been set that you could just name a street after anybody, if you just sort of decide, it seems like there ought to be, I'm not trying to knock Cesar Chavez or Rosa Parks, but it does seem like uh, that there ought to be uh, some sort of a Portland celebrity we could name something after. Personally, I'm, uh, next time I get pulled over, I'm going to say, well, I, I was speeding you know, two blocks down, and so the fact that I'm speeding now, I've set a precedent. Yeah, okay. Thank you. Bye now. What about somebody like Ken, Ken Kesey? Isn't he a, somewhat of a local? Hey, there really ought to be a Ken Kesey Boulevard. Why don't we rename this? Hey, well spotted. Uh, or we, uh, we could just name it after his most famous uh, creation. We I could, think it's within our demographic to do so. We could really do that. Either name it Ken Kesey or call it like Randall McMurphy. Mm -hmm. Randall Patrick McMurphy Way. How great would that be? Big Indian Boulevard. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Ratchet, Ratchet Hills. Good morning. Hi. Uh, I actually have a good uh, two-person story. Some guy, back when I was in daycare, some guy walked in that looked like my father. I mean, he signed me out and everything. I was following him away. And okay, that's creepy. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, so wait, hold better. on. A guy who looked like your father came in and signed you out of daycare and began to walk away with you. The, the only thing that made it save my life, because the story gets better, uh, is the fact that I had a bad habit of leaving my backpack in the gym. Uh -huh. so I said, well, hang on, I need to go get my backpack. Went, got my backpack. He wasn't there. I go outside looking for his vehicle, couldn't find it, so I started walking home. Of course, that was a bad idea. And then I got into another person's vehicle, and they took me home. So, so I found out. Oh, go ahead. Okay, so who was the guy? Did they find the guy? Uh, no, they never found the guy, but the creepy thing was... Uh, 
a long of like back in '96 or '97, I was watching uh, America's Most Wanted, and a picture of that what looked like that guy came up. So that's like, weird. So he looked a lot like your dad. So I, you got to wonder at some point how his how the process worked. Like, did, did he spot your dad? Realize that he looked a lot like your dad. And then reverse engineer it to see if the dad, if your dad had a kid, and then figure that you know what I mean. That's just that's a whole weird. Seems like a lot of work to be putting in. Honestly, I think I think you just watch it. That's my kid. And do you suppose you were just young enough that they all kind of looked the same? I mean, you think you would recognize your dad? How young were you? I was daycare or uh, like first grade. Yeah, yeah but he looked I mean, like my father. He look, he literally looked like my father. He just like I guess it was just a fluke of. God was trying to pick me out. Tim Tim's expression indicates skepticism about your story. Oh, you can believe it or not, that's not my problem. Yeah, Tim, in your faith, it's not his problem. He showed you. So uh, so you believe that, that, that this was maybe, we say that everybody has a double, that this was your father's doppel uh, who yeah. did show up. More or less. I mean, it, just, it, was, it was one of those little creepy times. Interesting. That is creepy. All right, thank you, sir. Have a good day. Glad you didn't get killed or anything. All right, here you go. There's the guy. Or is that actually a childhood dream? That you have talked yourself into believing. That is true. You know, there, there are things that are from my childhood that I, I sometimes think about now, and I, I can't remember whether they're real or not. Everybody has those. Yeah. I, uh, this is the creepiest one that I know, and this is not my dream. This has actually happened to a good friend of mine. Uh, and I, I think Sarah might have said that she had a similar dream to this as a child. But a friend of mine had this dream where uh, she was awoken, awakened, awakened. She was woke up, woken up. She woke you up. So what do you do for a living? What is the correct term there? Well, she was awoken. She, she was awoken. Was, she was awoken. It's like swim, swam, swam. I never know. Uh, it, she was awoken at like, I don't know, the middle of the night, whatever it was, dark. Uh, sometime after midnight. She was probably seven or eight years old. She's in her bedroom. She Something wakes her up. She thinks it's a noise, but she's not sure. Something wakes her up. She opens her eyes, and she sees a guy standing in her room. Uh, and she did have a window that opened out. Uh, she was on the ground floor. She did have a window that opened out into sort of their backyard. So she hears this noise. She wakes up. She opens her eyes. She's about seven years old. She's in bed. She opens her eyes, and it's dark, so her eyes are adjusted to the darkness, and she sees a guy standing in her room. And the guy, this is so creepy, she wakes up. She sees a guy standing in her bedroom wearing dark clothing, and the guy turns and looks over at her, and he does the whole the finger to the lips where he just shushes her and then she just shuts her eyes and she's like I'm shutting my eyes I'm not opening and not and she's terrified she doesn't know what to do so she shuts her eyes and then the next thing she knows she wakes up and it's morning and of course there's you know whatever there's not I don't think there's anything gone or whatever and to this day she has no idea whether she, that was real or whether it was not real uh, I bet that's a common one. Oh, it's freaky, man. And I don't know which is freakier. The, I mean, I guess it's freakier to think that the guy was really there, but to think that your brain would manufacture that whole cloth is also pretty unnerving. All right. Did you have that? Do you have a similar dream? I had something very similar to that. Would you like to share that story now? No, it's someone staring in the window going, shh. Oh, 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 oh. Is it a dream or it happened to you? He doesn't know. I don't know. That's the thing. He doesn't know. And And both of those are really... Um, reminiscent of, there's a movie where that happens, too, where the guy, there's some intruder or a demon or a monster or a goblin or something, and the kid stumbles onto the goblin somewhere, and the goblin looks and goes like, shh, and does the shh, and that's the thing that's really freaky. Mm -hmm. Not the seeing the demon in your bedroom, but the fact that the demon really politely shushes you. Oh. And so did the person looking in your window shush you? 
Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, That's oh, weird. oh, oh, so creepy. That is so unnerving. I don't think I ever had anything like that uh, happen to me. I'm, I'm not sure. I had similar things, and I can't remember whether I imagined them or whether they really happened. But that is just terrifying. How old would you have been? Seven or eight? Yeah, see? so it, And it's right around that same time when your brain is just starting to get to the point where you can really separate fantasy and reality. But it's in that nether region where you're you're not quite sure what's real and what's not. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Rick. Hello. Hey, um, Dana Perino yeah. looks like Tia Leone. Uh, you think so? Absolutely. All right, hold on. I'm going to go to the Google thing right now. Sure. Fun oh. with Dick and Jane Spanglish. Oh, yeah. Uh, married to David Duchovny. There you go. Hold on. Dana Perino. Hold on. Perino. i to get a recent picture of her. Dan, I'm, put, I'm sorry, I put in Dan Perino. Hold on. <laughs> Dan Perino looks nothing like Tay Leone, by the way, in case, you're, in case you're curious. Oh, I can see that a little bit. Why am I not, uh, why am I getting no results on Dana Perino? Literally, okay, let me just tell you this. Perino, P-E-R-I-N-O. Oh, I got two R's. Oh, I can't really see it. I got two R's and Google doesn't want to correct it for me. She's not well known enough. Okay, okay, here we go. Um, maybe. And the fact that she's blonde. Yeah, maybe. Uh, same facial structure. Only Tia Leone's nose is more turned up. Yeah. Okay, I could see that. All right, excellent. Thank you, right. Thank you. All right. Uh, here's Tim Riley, the Ministry of Truth. Well, we were... well, we were talking about turkey a few minutes ago. Now let's talk about chicken. It's time to get those banquet chicken pies <laughs> out of the freezer. I didn't even catch that. Okay, yes. And throw them away, says uh, the director of chicken pies with the state of Minnesota, Stephanie Meyer. It's really the safest advice right now. And that's mostly because, you know, you don't want families that have their kids coming home from school and throwing something in the microwave or something like that. It, if it's still sitting around in your house and there's a chance that someone else in your household might consume it, not knowing, you know, there's been this. Um, outbreak going on. We just don't want to see that happen. No, a banquet brand, turkey or chicken pot pies. Don't eat one. Well, the uh, Republicans had a debate last night, and you might have only thought by watching the news that only two people were involved. Nothing could be further from the truth. There are a whole bunch of uh, unknown knowns there, like Congressman Duncan Hunter, who does not support the notion of free trade and says uh, says it's damaging to the American people. My loyalty is to the workers of Michigan and the United States and the small businesses uh, that are competing right now with these guys from around the world. So the free so-called free trade right now is only free in one direction. That's really a... And you can tell everyone was paying attention yeah. to what he was saying. <laughs> then they had this other guy, our Congressman Ron Paul who says the U.S. needs to change its economic policy. We now owe $2.7 trillion to foreigners. This old saying, well, don't worry, we, we owe it to ourselves, complete nonsense. I mean, we are indebted to the world. We can't run the war or our welfare state without borrowing money from Japan and from China. Guy sounds like he needs the McLovin fake ID there. Mm-hmm. That is not a man who will ever be president. You just listen to that voice and you can tell. Here's this other guy, Senator Fred Thompson, who's scared the children and some adults. He is outspoken on uh, Social Security. My, that's the wrong one. One moment, please. Something has gone wrong here. All right. Well, we don't have that one. <laughs> I was trying to find the. Uh, was trying to find the Sputnik to play there. No, that's kind of, that's become our go-to, but I don't know where I put it. Well, we'll get back to these a little bit later when we find out what happened to them. Meanwhile. <laughs> 
Sorry. It was like an hour too late. I hit the play button, and it took that long for Windows to, to play that sound. By which time... None of this is helpful at all, is it? Like three other stories by then. I'm sorry. All right, here's Tim Riley. Well, as many as 40 hospital employees have been placed on leave for allegedly informing the press about George Clooney's medical condition. He and his girlfriend are riding in a motorcycle when the pair were hit by a car and rushed to the hospital in New Jersey. WCBS-TV reports a union spokesperson who represents the medical worker said, quote, it was an accurate, but uh, we're paying a steep price. Meanwhile, uh, Clooney addressed the issue by saying, quote, well, I very much believe in a patient's right to privacy. I would hope that this could be settled without suspending the medical workers. He suffered a broken rib and a road rash while his girlfriend broke her foot in the accident. The hospital is investigating how the media received information about his condition so quickly. Well, with 40 people working on it, how could they not? Uh, let's see, we've got this. Rick, I once saw Tim Riley, uh, let's see, I once saw Tim Riley at Pioneer Square. Now it's nothing but Tim sightings. That's true, I, I have been known to go to Pioneer Square every so often. He was about to enter the bane of everyone's existence, the downtown Rite Aid. I thought about saying hello, but chose otherwise. In fact, if Tim were crossing the Max tracks but didn't notice the oncoming train, I would save his life, but would still feel bad for touching him. If only I knew telekinesis, then I could save Tim Riley's life without actually tainting him with my otherworldly flesh. That may have been an actual sighting. Okay, how about this one? Rick! I have never seen Tim Riley in public, and in deference to his xenophobia, I hope to never see him. If I ever do see him, I will kill myself in private. That is all. P.S. Scotty is a tool. Thank you. All right, here's Tim Riley. Well, David Hasselhoff is in the hospital after falling off his wagon. A rep for the former Baywatch star confirmed that he had a, quote, brief relapse. A brief, a brief relapse, just long enough to pass out. He, quote, immediately recognized the importance of addressing it with the assistance of his doctors, unquote. Uh, he's expected to be released today, so he should be fine. All right. He's uh, currently involved in a custody battle with his ex-wife, Pamela Batch. This will really help him, I'm sure. Hey, did you see that story about the uh, about the molesting clown? No. Oh, there's a really unnerving clown story we'll get to later on. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. You were talking earlier about the tram and about things going horribly wrong. Um, uh, years ago, I was up in Seattle, and I read this story. Um, at least I believe I read this story. Maybe it was a dream. Uh, anyways... Uh, and this Kersainer uh, fishing boat that, that sails with huge nets attached with cables just is kind of rolling along out there in the water, you know, middle of the ocean, nowhere, no land anywhere nearby. And within about 15 seconds, the boat just went from placidly rolling forward to being dragged backwards at 30 miles an hour, and within about 15 seconds, it sank. You know, like total lock net. Right. It, that it, was, it was a submarine. The submarine, like, caught onto their net. So it's like... Oh. Oh, that's yeah. creepy. Yeah, so they're just like, you know, so the sub goes along, and, oh, we've hit something. Well, the first thing they do is, you know, dive. Oh, that's completely unnerving. <laughs> Imagine being in a boat and a submarine catches your net and starts dragging you underwater. So you made it back from Loch Ness, you know, but don't ever go off the shores of Alaska. Oh, man, that is a terrifying story. Here's here's a story not, I mean, it's only tangentially related. It's only there's something catching on something else. And it has a happy ending, by the way. It does have a happy ending. But we had a friend of ours, uh, a woman we used to work with named Suanna, and she uh, was in a, lived in a multi-story apartment building. And she was walking her dogs into the elevator one day. And at the last second, the dogs jump out of the elevator as it's descending. Yeah, that's and the leash is not thick enough to trip the motion sensor. And so the elevator door is shut. The dog is on, like, the third floor, and the elevator starts going down. So what happens? No, I think she actually no, has a happy ending. I think at the last minute, like... 
I don't know. There was like a guy who had like scissors or something in his pocket. There was like a guy in the elevator who had a knife, and he did the whole no, you know, and cut the leash. And then the dog was stupidly walking around, happy as a clam, not all that bright on the third floor. But I mean, that's one of those freaky moments where you you just don't really think that stuff like that actually happens. You like a bread slicer. You don't want to see the next image. Yeah. No, it's bad. No, the dog is fine. You know. So yeah, it's just a bad scene. All right. Thank you, sir. All right. We'll do a couple more, and then we'll break and come back with Steve Kastenbaum. Is that a promise? Well, Janet Jackson is planning to share some of her diet tips in her upcoming book, The Rock Superstar. A left tongue's wagging last year after dramatic 60-pound weight loss. At a recent roundtable discussion for upcoming motion picture, Tyler Perry's Why I Got Married, uh, Jackson reveals she's writing a book about her journey of weight loss and weight gain. I'm really coming from the soul with this one, what I went through at different times in my life, and what possibly brought me to it. The book is expected to include the nutritional advice she followed to shed those pounds. But Jackson warned that what she did might not work for everyone. You mean like they having massive amounts of plastic surgery done? I know. She's back to looking normal, though. She looks like Paul Abdul now. No, she, she is. She's back to looking... She had those weird fembot cheeks going on for a while. Like, her face looked all strange. You know, the problem was, for a while, she looked a lot like Latoya Jackson. And Latoya Jackson is a creepy space alien-looking yeah, girl. Yeah, she is freaky looking. She was, and the she's thing, all points and round parts. And she, and she was never hot. Latoya Jackson was never good looking, ever. Uh, Latoya Jackson has been Even to Zeppo. Plastic surgery? Oh, no. She'd never been good looking. She was in Playboy, but that's only because her last name was Jackson. It wasn't because she was all that hot. Uh, she was just the only member of the Jackson family at that time who was flat out nuts. And so they, you know, they, there was this um, photo of her. It's kind of a famous photo for people in my generation of, of Latoya Jackson wrapped in a snake. Uh, she, was, um, she was nude and then like had a boa constrictor. Uh... How do I put this? Uh, well, she was straddling a boa constrictor. And <laughs> your, your look says it Ew. all. Yeah. Uh, but she was never all that attractive. Janet was always the hot one, which is why it was kind of sad when she got all the plastic surgery done. Because it was about a year and a half there. I mean, it's like they finally went back and just removed the skeletal mask from her face. Because there was like a year and a half where she was completely, I mean, uneffable. There's just no way. Uh, Rick, there is an old Russian saying, the Germans are very clever. They invented the monkey. Okay, I don't know if that's true or not. Thank you. Uh, let's do uh, two more, and then we'll take a break. And, uh, yes, we will have Steve Kastenbaum on the other side of that. Uh, Senator Fred Thompson is outspoken on Social Security. Number one, we've got to make sure we have a growing economy. That means low taxes. That uh, means less regulation. That means sound physical policies. That means less spending on the discretionary side. That stuff means nothing. It's like listening to tapioca. Well, this is even worse. Uh, Mitt Romney says American optimism must prevail. We face jihadism, the emergence of Asia as a competitor, our overspending, our overuse of oil, the failure of our health care system. And, and yet we can't be burdened down with that. We have to recognize that what we have as Americans is the envy of the world. Okay, see, he does sound like a president. That's the thing. That's, I know what Americans don't care about issues. Americans don't care about the platforms. Americans don't care about policies. Americans don't go over a sentence. No. What you're trying to make. And, and no, and if you have sort of them. perfectly uh, placed hair and piercing blue eyes, which and he has both of those things, uh, and that, and if you're sort of, you know, if you make people feel safe, which Fred Thompson doesn't, he's just kind of big and spongy and dough-like. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, he's sort of like having like a, I'd be like having a Keebler president. Uh, Ron Paul said the country's policy of the Middle East is flawed. The thought that the Iranians could pose an imminent attack on the United States <laughs> like hitting the microphone. There's no way. This is just war propaganda. Continued war propaganda, preparing this nation to go to war and spread this war, not only in Iraq, but into Iran. 
Okay, someone's losing control over there. Someone needs to... All the more reason to listen to him. Ease up on the caffeine before the debates, friend. And Ron Paul, is that a radio name or is that a radio name? He really ought to get Dave some, Paul. some sort of an all-night gig in uh, Cincinnati. Well, or Ron Leonard. I was thinking like a Ron Leonard, Dave Paul, love child kind of a thing. Oh, all right. Uh, Fred Thompson uh, supports the war in Iraq, but he said more troops should have been sent there in the beginning. Sometimes it's strange to me to think that the average 20-year-old serving us in Iraq knows more about what it takes for our national security than the average 20-year veteran on Capitol Hill. That's because they're not using good old-fashioned horse sense, which is a shortage of in this country right now. <laughs> They had to pull up them britches and go hang out to the Cracker Barrel. Um, let's see. Um, hey, let me ask you this, sure. Tim. Do you want to hear about more Tim Riley sightings, or should I just delete these and not unnerve you? They're kind of hilarious. Come on, Tim. Oh, all right. I'll play along this time. Rick, I once saw Tim at a popular downtown burrito destination. <laughs> True. I go there every week. I am 97% sure he ordered a burrito unit that contained eggs. No, that couldn't be you. You wouldn't order an egg-having burrito. Oh, I, like I can't have things. eggs. Yeah. You can? It depends on what's in the eggs. Egg. Eggs are eggs. What do you mean, what's in the eggs? Eggs is, is in the eggs. Is egg. I, is I, it's not made with milk. Eggs are made out of egg. Yeah, eggs, eggs are made are out of, like... Eggs oh, you mean like if they scramble them yeah, with milk? Yeah, yeah. Okay, all right, because they scramble eggs with milk sometimes. They'll pour so milk in a scramble. You can eat eggs, but not milk? Right. It's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Now, well, I guess do, because you're vegan because you... Because it's a lactose thing. Right. Do eggs okay. not have lactose? Some eggs don't. They're egg so beaters. They're Do eggs have milk? I don't know. No, not a little bit. Scramble milk or make French toast with it. That's no, true. you can make French toast without regular milk. I do it all the time. So is it just a... Okay. Well, anyway. Okay. So, this, uh, he so says, there's a good possibility that was me. So this is not crazy. No. Uh, I said, I'm 97% sure he ordered a burrito-type unit that contained eggs. Uh, and then he says, I guess you have to make... Oh, this is a bad joke. Should I, you, you have to break eggs to make a vegan. That's, that's not funny, sir. Um, boy, just from the time I opened that email, here's another one. Uh, Rick, I work just down the street from you. We need to get a stalking for you. I work just down the street from you guys and have crossed paths with you, Sarah, and Tim on several occasions. You and Sarah have been very polite when dealing with my brief fanboy gushing. The first time I crossed paths with Tim, we were walking right by each other. I started to... I started to give a little wave and say what a big fan I was. Tim apparently didn't see me or hear me. Or at least that's the routine he was using to avoid interaction with me as he kept walking at a brisk pace right by me, not even stopping to acknowledge my existence. <laughs> well, it did have the intended result. The next time I pass cross with Tim, uh, cross paths with Tim, I just let him be. Tim's method is completely effective. <laughs> no, that's a, that probably was Tim. I can almost guarantee it. Yep. And we'll read one more here, and then we'll take a break and come back with Steve Kastenbaum. Uh, Rick, I saw Tim at first in Harrison, walking. I'm assuming from the station to the max. It was 3:02 p.m. That guy doesn't waste any time, does no, he? No, no, I was just going to go out and get a snack because I am here till 7 o'clock. We're doing that news that you do mm-hmm. every hour. That? All the way through. On the it's, hour. It's possible. Well, it takes, it takes calories to do that news. It you does. have to go and carb up. Yes, I do. You really have to go. You have to go carbo load before you hunker down for that, uh, that long four hours of news broadcasting for the people. So some of those sightings may have been accurate, others not. You are the Loch Ness Monster of Portland. You really are. We're gonna. I'm gonna put that in your business cards. Tim Riley, the Loch Ness Monster of Portland, also news director at CBS Radio. Excellent. We should totally have a section of the website that is just um, like Bigfoot-esque Tim Riley sightings, where it's like on the side of Mount Hood, and it's, it's like Tim with his bag of lunch, uh, you know, and like a bad monkey suit, yeah, like walking, stepping over a log, 
Someone Photoshop that now, please. All right. <laughs> All right. It'd be like the Patterson photograph. Just Tim with a zipper running up his back. All right. Take a break. Steve Kastenbaum around the corner about our good friend Don Imus. Uh, later on, top five 70s songs with the word ride in the title. Just because Scotty was childlike with glee over the whole thing. And who can say no to that face? Uh, later on, we'll have Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com and uh, other things as well. It's uh, the Rick Emerson Radio Program. You stay right there. Radio program. It's 503 We're just going to close this whole segment out, yeah, by which I mean the last segment. I'm just going to read this email. Rick, I spotted Tim once. I woke up one night and he was in the corner of my dark bedroom staring at me. After the shock of seeing him, someone lurking about subsided, I told him what a big fan I was. He shuffled away without making eye contact or speaking. Not even a shush. Really weird. <laughs> I've only seen Tim out once. Windy. I'm sorry? I've only, in six years, I've only seen Tim um, out one time. It was at Movie Madness. I don't think I've ever seen Tim. Just was, It was so weird. He just looked completely, like, it isn't even you guys, because he looked completely caught off guard that it was me. Right. And he's like, oh, hey, and acted really weird and then left. And no, it's like seeing your teacher talk. at the supermarket or mm-hmm. something. Like, we used to, um, as good Catholics, we would go to Skippers on Friday, and I would see the nuns there. And just seeing nuns out of their natural element is just all kinds of... Uh, is all kinds of the skippers. No, it's well, you know, because it's kind of where else are you going to go? I mean, uh, skippers are sea galley, and we weren't that upscale. Sea galley. We've got crab legs. Sea galley. <laughs> Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson radio program. Oh, I think I'm, I'm the one who's got this on. I'm sorry, this is totally me. You should totally just send that to me too. Let me just, right uh, I don't know where the hell. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson show from New York City. Our good friend CNN radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum. Why, hello, Steve. How are you today? Doing good. Busy day today. Is it busy? What makes it so busy? Well, the mayor of Atlantic City finally resigned after reappearing. and Was uh, he gone? Yeah, he was missing uh, for two weeks. Oh, wait. Here we go. Atlantic City. If only I had read the material that CNN carefully prepares for me every day. <laughs> so, he was, so he was in rehab or something? Well, we didn't find that out until uh, yesterday. He was nowhere to be found. He was on some sort of medical leave. And then yesterday, his attorney finally said he was at a clinic that... Uh, deals with people who have drug and alcohol addictions as well as depression. And then today, finally, he handed in his letter of resignation after not being seen for two weeks. He drove off in his Dodge Durango one day. That's kind of closing the barn door after the horse is gone and and has and after the horse has been seen coming out of the other end of a glue factory somewhere. That's uh, it's a little bit late. Let me just tell you this story, and I won't say who this is. Um, there is uh, someone I know. I know a lot of people who are state employees now that I think about that. The number of people I know who, for their jobs, had to swear a loyalty oath to the government really is pretty lengthy. I don't know whether that's endemic to Portland or if that's just some sort of... Uh, it's just me or what. Anyway, I know a lot of people who work for the work for the state or for the government, and it is so impossibly difficult. Everybody jokes about how you can't be fired from a government job, but you know it's not really a joke. Those things really are true. Um, I I know someone. How do I put this? Well, I'll just say I know someone who works with someone that works with a woman, and the woman, this was as of a couple weeks ago, just hadn't shown up to work in like three and a half weeks. Just hadn't shown up, 
And I said, well, what do you mean she hasn't shown up to work? And the person said, she's like, oh, she just had, she just quit coming in one day. No one can find her. She doesn't answer her cell phone. She doesn't answer, you know, we, the cops don't report her as missing yet, but no one seems to know where she is. And I said, well, is she going to be fired? And they said, well, I don't know, probably not. You know, she'll turn up at some point. And it's like the woman just hadn't come to work for weeks on end. But, you know, as a government employee, she really didn't even have to be there. She, Once you were hired, it was like being a made man in the mafia. You know what I mean? They had to have the five families sit down to get rid of you. So, you know, it must be nice. All right. You know, I don't even in radio. It's except radio. The next time I go to the bathroom, they could fire me. I could come back, and we could be a polka station for all I know. Oh, don't you love that? Don't you like going to bed at night wondering whether you'll have a job in the morning? Have you ever woken up and uh, and your station flipped formats in the middle of the night? You know what happened to me? Hmm. Uh, I was disc jockeying out at a radio station on Long Island. And then one day, my name was just no longer on the schedule. Oh, 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 that's terrible. Isn't that great? I actually went to work one day, and my key didn't work. And this is back before electronic keys. This is like actual metal keys. And I went to the radio station, and the key just wouldn't go into the lock. Just wouldn't go in. They'd change and re-keyed every lock in the building while I slept. Don't you love those program directors that just have no backbone and can't tell you to your face that your your services are no longer needed? You just show up at work and you find out you're fired. Man, I have worked, and it's funny how we've all worked for a guy like that. And I try very hard to never ever be that way. I have worked with I have worked with program directors, and we all have, I guess, who just where there was a guy who was clearly no good, had to be broomed out, you know, somebody you needed to get rid of, Mm -hmm. and the PD was like, yes, I'm going to get rid of that guy, and then it just. But it just never happened. Like, they would just never pull the trigger and actually do the paperwork and say to the guy, look, you're out. And so, and they would just, I think they just sort of figure that the guy will pick up on it eventually. Like, he'll just sort of magically figure it out through telepathy. Right. Yeah, we have all worked for that PD or whoever that just would not actually do the real work. To find the guy, Tim Riley's not in the studio now, but he has a great story where... Uh, Tim was leaving his house one day to go to work at a radio station, and as he was going to work, they were papering over the radio station's billboard across the street with like the new format. Oh, that's that's great. So it was like a you know it was like ninety four nine country hits or whatever. And as he looks out, they're papering it over ninety four nine our new Latin fiesta, you know, or whatever the hell it is. Uh, so you know that's I think that's probably the worst. And the guy who fired me without firing me is now a bigwig at VH1. And I wanted to show up at a news conference once. He was doing something with the city involving uh, rappers and, and education or something like that. Right. And I wanted to ask a total non-sequitur question. And I was just going to stand up in the news conference and say, uh, Tom, uh, I have a question. Why did you not tell me I was fired? <laughs> <laughs> you, Dude, I will give you everything. I will give you all the money in my wallet if you do that someday. Maybe Next time I have the opportunity, I will. I couldn't get down to the news conference. Can I just tell you, and this may make me sound ever so slightly mean-spirited, but let me just tell you, here's one final story, and then we'll talk. Well, speaking, I guess it does work for talking about Imus here. Um, I will tell you this one. This is a completely true story, and I will um, I will not use his name, although it is a matter of <clears throat> public record. Uh, there was a guy who fired me years ago, engineered the format change of my station, um, and I was the PD at the time. I was the program director. Um, but this guy was the PD at another station in the same cluster, as they say, another station in the building. And he had sort of been whispering into the general manager's ear about the format and about the this and the that. And he was sort of secretly, you know, mechanizing this format change behind my back. 
Anyway, you fast forward about a week later. We've all just been like, uh, you know, we've all just been shafted and it just, it, it executed it in just the, just the worst way possible and anything. It, all of it. And the, and the guy and the guy was just a total bastard to me about it. it was just one of those guys who you think in the back of your head, this guy's got it coming. You know what I mean? You think in the back of your head. And it so rarely happens, but you think in the back of your head, like, this guy is going to get his someday. All right, that is years ago. Fast forward to just a couple years back. Fast forward about eight years from then, which is, I don't know, two, three years ago. Um, the guy was on his way to a job interview in a very, very large market. This guy who had engineered my firing. He was on his way to a job interview in a really large market. He had gone, you know, he'd, he'd done the interview, he'd uh, met with the decision maker, he had agreed on salary, they had agreed on a start date, they had agreed on benefits for this great swank job he was going to get, and this is an absolutely true story, I swear to you on everything, he had signed, you know, not signed, but he had done everything but inking his name, it was all resolved, locked, and they said, okay, you know what, we're going to have legal drop the contract, we're going to put you up in this, uh, you know, we're going to put you up in the Sheraton or whatever tonight, come back tomorrow, we'll sign the contract. He goes back to his hotel room and decides to celebrate his new job by, wait for it, going to a whorehouse. Oh, great. He goes to a whorehouse the same night that the cops raid the place. <laughs> Brilliant. And I don't know that they actually put his picture in the newspaper, but I do know that by the time he came to the radio station the next day after being bailed out, which he tried to keep quiet, and that's not a thing you can really keep quiet. If you're arrested and your mugshot is taken and you have to be bailed out, it, it, that's gonna people are going to know about that. And police departments love letting of the, the press know when one of their own has been uh, arrested in a in a John Sting like that. Absolutely. Yes. And especially something that is sort of high profile and, pardon the pun, sort of a sexy crime, you know, like patronizing a whorehouse. So, man, this guy, just the universe for once in my miserable life, the universe just gave it back to somebody. I mean, probably that'll never happen again because most of the people on your mental list of guys who got it coming never get theirs. That guy got his and a half. So it was, and that maybe makes me sound like a bad person, but it was deeply satisfying when I heard that story because he was just a, just an ass of a man. Well, so. I hope this this guy who fired me, I hope he has an press availability one day on something big where, where there's a lot of media out there. And I just stand up and I say, uh, Steve Kastenbaum, CNN. Um, yeah, I was just curious. How come you never told me I was fired? Just let me show up for work one day. Oh, that's wonderful. I say, if you do that, we'll hang a plaque with your face etched on it in the studio. And we will bow to it once a week. I will do this one day. Come hell or high water, I will do this. All right. We'll be sure to uh, be sure to be rolling audio on that. Uh, we'll speak. Well, I guess there's not even a segue. We are talking about this. So what? What's? Are these guys gonna gonna block? Uh, are they gonna? One might even say talk block. Are they gonna uh, stop Imus from getting his gig back? The, They're the, trying. The the National Association of of, of Black Journalists says. Uh, they are going. They're calling on all media to stop any talk about Don Imus coming back to the airwaves. Uh, they they say it's too soon and it's not right, and that our ears are still ringing uh, over this hateful uh, message that he that he spewed out over the airwaves, and that it's not appropriate to put him back on the air. And they're going to do whatever they can within their power to influence the powers that be. Uh, that signing a contract with Imus would be a bad thing. I you know. It's so hard to, to, to take any sort of a side on this because, and I can't believe we're talking about the Imus thing again. This is like I kept saying I wasn't going to talk about Michael Vick again. Because, as we all had to say a billion times, that clearly nobody is in favor of or defends the stuff that he said. But it does seem like, it, I mean, it, it does seem like at a certain point, a second and a half of some idiotic crap that you said that he himself has acknowledged was stupid. I mean, it, it does seem like at a certain point, you, 
you know, you get, you get to take another swing at it. It, it. it seems like, you know, it does seem like maybe, you know, a $1,000 fine for, a, you know, for a $500 crime at some point. Yeah, and, and even even uh, Al Sharpton had said, um, I never said, he, he said, quote, something along the lines of, uh, I never said that Don Imus should, should never be able to make a living. Yeah. So, which which intimates that, you know, eventually he thought Don Imus would make it back to the airwaves anyway, so. Well, and this is Citadel, who's, you know, they're bound, they're wound up with with ABC, who are in turn, you know, now is Disney part of that? Is, is it Disney, ABC, Citadel? What is the relationship so, there? Citadel bought the radio arm from ABC, uh, from uh, Disney and ABC. And I'm not sure uh, what the the connection is anymore, but uh, ABC Radio is no longer directly owned by ABC, which is which is Disney. So, but there there's still um, a connection of of sorts between the two. I'm not sure, you know, how that works out, though. All right. Well, I guess we'll continue to uh, to follow this, and every day I'll say we're not going to talk about it, and then we will anyway, because that seems to be what I do. All right, my friend. Enjoy the rest of your day, and we will have a speech with you in the immediate future. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Steve Kastenbaum in New York City. It's nice to hear, like, stable people who still have issues. Oh, yeah. You know, it's, it's refreshing to know that he's still... He's carrying like, a grudge. Exactly. He's secretly, like, hoping to bump into the guy on the street so he can yell at him. I mean, yeah. Steve Kastenbaum has looks like he has his crap together. Oh, no, he sounds like a normal, everyday, easygoing yep. guy, but you know that there's some guy uh, there's some guy in a list in his head. One guy is just waiting to punch right in the teeth. All right, we should break here. We'll come back. Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com. Around the corner, more from Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Scotty G's Top 5, and more of your phone calls. 503-733-2970. Rick Emerson, radio program. Stay there. Radio program. Thank you for coming by. It's 503-733-2970. All right. I hesitate to say this for fear that it's going to make the server run even slower. Does my mic sound, still sound crackly today? Is it just my ears? Have I just started? Is this the final horrifying stage before total deafness ensues? Maybe it's unsweetened. What? Maybe it's unsweetened. Maybe. Um, anyway, so I, I am reluctant to say this because I know that as soon as I say this, as soon as I say this, it, 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 an already slow server is just going to slow to a crawl. But apparently Portland, Oregon now has the Google Street View That was my top story. Really? Are you kidding me? It's right here at the top. Look at that. You know what that is? It's a little mind-melding going on there. We are simpatico. We're kids. It's a little kismet going on there. The headline is, The Deception of Your Personal Privacy. It's not coming. But someone's computer is turned up. Wow. Are you on a ska site, Tim? No, Local 6 has just added music to their website, and they didn't have it before. I'm busy serving the mustard plug MySpace page. All right. Howdy. All right. Uh, There's newsman to go for news these days. Ladies and gentlemen, at the Ministry of Truth, here is Tim Riley. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. The top story, the deception of your personal privacy. Well, now you can peek in your neighbor's windows. Fantastic. With Google, 
If you ever wanted to check out, it says here in the story, Pioneer Courthouse Girl. Why? A PGE Park. Or want a close-up of your own house or your neighbor's. Check out Google's latest Street View Maps. I'm headed there right now. Google has added the Rose City to its roster of cities with detailed close-up shots of the city. Take a 360-degree spin and check out the whole block if you want. Portland is one of a dozen cities with Street View Maps on Google. And if you get bored zooming around town, why not go to Chicago or even New York City? The Wallington police have arrested a man at Island Tanning after he photographed a nude lady with his cell phone. Now, police were called to the salon when a female victim reported that an employee, she saw somebody holding a cell phone over the top of the petition where she was tanning au naturel. The victim reportedly seen the cell phone peering into her booth. She yelled. Uh, the victim told an employee who used the business video surveillance system to help identify the suspect. Under arrest is 34-year-old David Allen Rose of Tigard. Charged with invasion of personal privacy. Now, can I just say, now this is, I, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. I'm, I'm at the Google site. I have typed in my address, mm-hmm. and there is no view of my house. I've clicked Street View. Nothing is happening. Maybe it's been removed. Maybe I can no longer view my, well, that would be nice, actually. Uh, yeah, there's no, do I have to have some special thing installed or something I'm here? I'm not sure. Sarah, is it working for you? The computer? Yeah, no, yeah. the Google. Are you trying yeah, to Yeah, well, um, Dave Krauss actually sent me a picture of CD Game Exchange. <laughs> okay, I thought you were going to say, it's a picture of me changing in front of a window. Let's all. everyone go to Google right now. Oh, there's one, yeah, there's one right at C- facing CD Game Exchange. Did you see it? So is it my no. street just not covered? See? Oh, there it is. Oh, so creepy. Google.com. Oh, that's that is creepy. That is unnerving. Now, once you get there, uh, where do you go? Maps. So I'm at Google, and I've clicked on Maps. We're now surfing the Internet in real time on the radio. So I want to put in an address. I put in my address. Mm -hmm. I click Search Maps. Mm -hmm. But how do I know if there is, if my street is part of this? Is it all of Portland? My my street, there's like... Oh, my God, I can see my house. Okay, but see, why can't I see my house? I can see my car. You know, the funny thing is, I'm angry about a feature that I really don't want to even exist. I don't even really... No, I've got a map here, but no picture, so I guess it doesn't include the suburb. That's what I'm saying. See, I, I've got, a, I've got a, 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 a top-down view of my neighborhood, but it's not photos. It's just the street names. Yeah. Well, that's why what, does Sarah's house get to be seen and not mine? You're so whiny. I'm just saying... It's... Oh, my God, look, there's my car. Oh, I see. you got to go... Oh, that is so that creepy. That is so creepy. Oh, that is creepy. Okay, uh, 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 so you want to go satellite. That's so what they can actually do. find your driver's license. Uh, so do satellite. Oh, my your, God, you can see my license the plate. The license plate of your car. Can oh, my. Be seen here's my street. <laughs> I, now, how do you get in closer? Okay, now, why? How can I go in a window? <laughs> I love how angry you are. How can I cut off your skin? Why doesn't mine work? To here. I, uh, yeah, I, I'm apparently not. Uh, I'm not. I'm not well, I have a satellite feature here. All right. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. How are you doing? What's up? Hey, I was questioning your Google thing here. Yeah. Is it live time or is it just because I've seen this before? That's the question, actually. Okay, when does it hit Street View? Yeah, because I am hitting Street View. Nothing is happening. I, I'm not a fool. I know how to hit. Uh Aha! This isn't correct. I've hit Street View. There is. Wait a minute. Nothing. Because I have done it before to where I can see a car at my house, but it's like the picture was taken maybe a month or so Yeah, so that's ago. my question is how often this update. No, I'm not trying to be difficult about it. I'm just saying it's frustrating. That I no, no, I think it's an invasion of privacy myself, too, but... 
Well, I mean, they're not like they're taking a picture. They're not. To be fair, they're not showing you anything that you couldn't see just by, you know, walking by your home. Uh, that's true, but still, it's that fine line. It's that's just frustrating to me that I can't do it. And it, what a weird human impulse that is, too, right? That, it's, that is human nature. I mean, I see my house a thousand times a day, and yet I'm unhappy that I can't see a picture of it taken by some, uh, you know. Well, that's an, okay, that's another interesting question. Who took these photographs? I think a satellite. No, but that, that, that couldn't, the satellite can't take a street view. Oh, sure it can. That's well, not possible. No, that's not possible. Sure. It's like how they have those, uh, like, spy cams or whatever with the with the Air Force and stuff. They can take all those pictures. You, same, you same have thing. no idea what you're talking about. They have spy cams with the Air Force and stuff. Well, you know what I'm saying, the spy little spy planes, whatever they yeah, call them. That's, that's exactly how they talk at the Department of Defense. All right, thank you. Bye now. you. Spy planes from the Air Force and stuff. Um, Traffic. Well, maybe it's my computer. Do I need, like, a Flash update or Java update or something to do this? You guys don't care at all about so, my dilemma. No, the, most, the closest <laughs> I have. I don't care. I don't, think, I, don't know. I don't think you need a Flash. I can see the two parks across the street from my house. But you can't see your house. Rick, I'll find your house, no. and then you can look at Did it. Did you okay? Street View? Street view. All right. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. If I find your house, will you stop? Yes. Hey. Hi. Rick. Yes. Did you see on the news last night that they're going to have uh, the OnStar stop your cars now? Yeah, no, we saw that at Chevrolet starting in 2009, the man will be able to turn off your car remotely. Yeah. You know, that's just the first step towards England prevailing. <laughs> well, I know I won't be buying a Chevy. It's creepy. All right, yeah, because you were planning on doing it anyway. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right that's all I wanted to say. Bye Thanks. now. All Bye. right. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hi. Hello. And for the love of sweet Christ, hello. Yes? I can hear you holding the phone. <laughs> hello. Hello. Psst. I'm watching. Really? I'm watching you get undressed right now. Shh. <laughs> Don't make any noise and I'll give you a poppy. Something. I've got a kitten at home. If you come with me, you can see it. So I guess this doesn't work for the suburbs. Hello. Okay, the funny part is... Okay, yeah, thanks. Hi. There you go. Thank you so much. All right. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, hey Rick. What's up? Yeah, about that Google thing, it does use uh, spy satellite technology to take okay. those pictures. But how... Uh, look, I'm not, I, I, I'm not I've heard elsewhere that Google had a, got a, had got some inside deal with the government to use that kind of technology. I'm not disputing that the government has spy satellites. Like they always say the thing, the government has satellites that can read a newspaper from space. I'm right. not talking about the, the clarity of the camera. I'm talking about the angle. How is oh. it? How is I, it that I, they have... Isn't it directly above? Aren't you just no, no, at no, no. The, the street view is, is the view as though you are standing on the sidewalk looking at the house. It oh, is a, I found it. It is a horizontal view. Do you know what I mean? It's not from the top oh, down. Oh, oh, oh. Holy crap. All right. Uh, never mind. I can now see the picnic tables across the street from That's my house. That's what I'm saying. In the park. Is, um, Sarah, I'm going to write down my address for oh. you so you can look it up. All right. Thanks. By the, yes, by the way, yes. uh, this is a different subject, but uh -huh. uh, I got called by Nielsen the other day. Uh, I, I hardly watch any TVs or any shows you want me to, like, you know, give good ratings. It to. would be wrong for me to try to influence you as a television oh. ratings family. Oh. Uh, I really should it. say this. You really, be, uh, you really ought to be watching uh, Friday Night Lights. Oh, got it. All right. Thank you. Yeah. Bye now. All right. Hey, this picture is copyright 2006. Okay, but does it say by who? I'm looking here. See, that's the thing. Digital when, globe. When people are saying that these are taken by satellites, I'm not disputing there are powerful satellites with big you know, lenses and 
tech and science. Um, so this isn't necessarily today, but I can see the two picnic tables in the parking across the street from my house. Okay, see, that's a top-down photograph. But the photograph of Sarah's car... Oh, my God. I have your house. See, why does it not work on my computer? There's that's your car. <laughs> There's my car. Now, I can see your license plate, how do, too. How do I get a better uh, picture on this? It shows if you can you can angle the guy depending on what direction All right. he's so facing. Let me describe what I'm seeing. And I think this I must, my computer software must need to be updated or something because Sarah's looking at it. So let me describe this. So Sarah has brought up a street-level photo of my house on Google Maps. And it's taken from, I would say, a couple feet off the ground, maybe. Uh, but it's basically a straight-ahead view, as though you were standing on the front porch across the street. Or on the side. I would say in the middle of the street, or yeah. maybe even your sidewalk. But, I mean, it's not like... I really strongly encourage you all to go to Google, to Google Maps, and use this street view feature. Because, again, this is not like the old Google Maps, where it's like looking at your house from the from space. This is like you are standing in the middle of the street or standing on my neighbor's front porch across the street looking at my house. So my question is, where did they get that photo? Who took that? I'm not trying to be paranoid. I just am curious. That's not taken by a satellite, and that has nothing to do with clarity, but a satellite just is angled wrong. The satellite is straight down. Mm -hmm. The angle is wrong for that to be taken by a satellite. Well, do so, you have a power pole there or anything? I mean, could anything be attached to it? <laughs> uh, what do you mean? Like a... Like a I don't know, you know, like a telephone that pole? doesn't look like it would be a satellite, because that's not from the top. But they would, very they would, weird. There aren't cameras on my street. I would notice that. I mean, there's, that's my whole thing is who took the photograph. It's just unnerving. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, exactly. I was driving to work yesterday. I saw a Google car. It said Google Maps. Uh-huh. And are it you, was just driving down the highway. Are you screwing with me? No, I swear to God. So you just saw a truck that said Google Maps. and it just, No, a, a car. It had Google Maps on the side of it. And on top of it, there was like this metal pole with this like red thing on top. So it just drives around and photographs the whole city? Yeah, I think so. I didn't ask him. Yeah, that's what my friend Bart just wrote as well. Google hires people to drive around with digital cameras mounted on their cars. Saw a news Cha-ching. <laughs> Could you be more self-satisfied? You are wonderful, sir. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye Have now. a good day. Excellent. The guy gave himself a cha-ching. Uh, let's see. Well, Rick. I guess it doesn't work in some neighborhood. Well, this one says if you point the camera angle straight down, you'll actually see the car that's taking the pictures. It's a roof-mounted 360-degree camera on the car. It, it, he said if you angle it straight down, you'll actually see a photo of the car that's taking angle it straight uh, the... Um, what does that mean? If you look straight down. I'm looking straight down. No, not you. with The camera. Never mind. Uh, let's see. Rick, okay, no satellites were ever used. It's a big camera. Okay, here we go. Yeah, it's a big camera on top of a car that drove by your house. People are crazy. You can pan the camera down and see the car. Oh, okay, here's what he's saying. Okay. So, Sarah, go back to street view for a second of something. It doesn't matter of what. My house, your house, whatever. Now, there's a tool that lets you angle the camera around. Yes. He says if you angle the camera straight down, you can see the hood of the car. Oh, my gosh. My friend's actually, well, my friend is actually getting into her trunk in this picture that was taken. Oh, I hope she's not your that's, friend. But... That's my Okay, that's my but he says angle, the, angle it straight down. He says you can actually see the trunk or the hood of the car. Straight down. The camera. Angle the, there's a thing that lets you adjust the camera. Now, there's a thing that lets you angle it straight down. Straight down. I don't see it. Do you see it? I don't see it. You were just moving it left and right. Yeah. Isn't there a thing that lets you move it up and down? No, this is zoom in and out. Ah. Oh, my God. Okay, well, apparently you that can... That goes super there's, in. Apparently there's a version of the page where you can turn the camera up and down, and you can actually see the hood of the car that photographs the whole thing. Your friend is getting something out of her trunk. How long until they catch somebody taking, like, a big bag of cocaine uh, out of their out of their uh, car with Google Maps, and then they use it to nail somebody for a crime? All right. 
Okay, thanks, sir. This guy says, rather than sending you a picture of your own home, I will send you a picture of the Ace of Hearts. Thank you. Hey, it's, not, it's not the Ace of Hearts, by the way. They, re, they named that. They renamed it. The Ace of Hearts, God love him. Now, understand, I am not a prude. Rick Emerson is not a prude, nor does Rick Emerson pass judgment on the sexual behavior of others in any way. But I will say this. The guys at the Ace of Hearts, the people who run that place, which is a, I guess they still call it wife swapping, whatever, swingers, as in the swing, a uh, club mm-hmm. near my home, they do have the ability to take something that could be sophisticated and make it sound sleazy. This clutching sleaziness from the jaws of tact. They, it's no longer the Ace of Hearts. They've renamed it. It's now called, now it's got a name and then a subname. The name is not too bad. It's just called Angels. Uh, it's like possessive, not plural. It's called Angels. And below it, though, it says Angels. And Angels is not like a bad name. It's sort of nondescript. could be any number of things. Angels. The below it, in, in big letters, a sensual social club. Oh, gross. That, that's what I'm saying. I told my wife, same thing. Same yeah. response. Well, I'm trying to the go, Google there. Cars. go there now. Oh, it's like, it's like a Google Volkswagen uh, bug. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. That Google thing is all done through a magical, magical series of tubes. Oh, and I know why they can't find your house. Yeah. And it's because you live in a duplex, not a house. Hang up now. Bye. We should offer a prize to the first person who can spot nudity in a Google photograph. That's a good one. But in Portland? In Portland. Yeah. We should offer a prize to the first person who can spot, and, and it would have to be something you can see on Google Maps, not something you can Photoshop and send to us. There would, there's a cough button over there, you know. There's a button that actually... After all the times Tim actually turns his microphone off, this is when it's on. And that and the button over there is actually labeled cough. It actually is a cough button. Got it. Okay, I'm just saying, it's not sneeze, not clearing your throat. It actually says cough in big letters. So we should totally offer a prize to the first person who can find a Portland Google Maps photo in which there is nudity happening. That's a great idea. I'm a big fan of that idea. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. You know, now you've given me this great idea. I was going to say, last summer, um, I was driving down MLK, around Alberta Street, and uh-huh. uh, I was actually following some little nondescript, kind of like a Geo Metro or whatever. Uh-huh. Uh, but it had a, had a digital camera front, rear, and side, and side. And I was driving down the street, and I was following this thing. It had some, like, you know, some world whatever logo on the side of it. And I was like, this is that. This is the, this is the car. They've got these things in every city, every little podunk town, you know. The whole thing is just weird. It's kind of cool, but it's kind of weird. Well, now, see, now the, the discussions come up. I'm going, my God, I should have got online with the Cacophony Society. And it's just like, you know, they're heading this way. Get out in your front yard now or something like totally. that. Totally. It'd be like, be like the, uh, the Google Maps version of those guys that were screwing at the real world when it tried to, when it tried to film in Chicago, wherever the hell that was. Oh, I so. missed that. But, yeah, exactly. It's a lost opportunity. Anyway, All good right. show. Thank you, sir. All right. There you go. All right. Well, apparently, yeah. Uh, I guess I guess it's just my computer that is that needs to be updated or something. Or if you're in the suburbs, it does not offer you a very close. So you can't see a close-up of your own home. Well, this is as close as it gets. Here's my house right here. Okay. Here's here are the two parks across the street from my house. So this is now. Can you see your car? Do you have a garage? uh, The garages are in the back. See the alleyway you go back in. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. And you can also see the dead grass. <laughs> That's a big patch of dead grass. Fantastic. That's a big patch of dead grass back there. It's just dead Have bodies in Southeast. For literally like 20 minutes. It's yeah, fascinating. It's Everybody has a computer. Well, this is a visual medium. It really is. By this, what do you mean? No, I was just mocking a consultant that I oh, know. I... <laughs> okay. 
Well, anyway, so go to uh, go to um, maps.google.com. You can put spend in, the whole day there. You can put in. Uh, I'm trying to think of like other people's houses that I can put in, which is stupid because I can just you know go there and look at the house. Like I, go, I know where Sarah lives. I can go and just look at the house. Go, hey, there it is, and then walk. Can it be three D? Yeah, I know. You know, it's just a matter of time too before that Google. I wonder how often they update these. Uh, and if, like, if we go back, it'll be a different photograph. And how long until it's real time? That girl actually moved out two months ago. Okay, so that photo's at least two months old. Well, Portland is a pretty wired city. We are a pretty high-tech city. So we, I would imagine that this is this is step number one. All right. This guy says, I'm looking at a photo of my house. There's a bunch of weird guys hanging around outside. I wonder when that was. It's probably this morning, sir. They'll be back tonight when you're asleep. All right. Um, oh, we should break. Uh, we'll come back at the top. We'll do the top five. Uh, Tim Riley will be back with the uh, news at the Ministry of Truth and uh, more of your phone calls. It's 503-733-2970. So Rick Emerson, radio program. Stay there. Emerson Radio Program. Thank you for coming by. It's 503-733-2970. All right. I hesitate to say this for fear that it's going to make the server run even slower. Is my mic still, still sound crackly today? Is it just my ears? Have I just started? Is this the final horrifying stage before total deafness ensues? Maybe it's unsweetened. What? Maybe it's unsweetened. Maybe. Um, anyway, so I, I am reluctant to say this because I know that as soon as I say this, as soon as I say this, that an already slow server is just going to slow to a crawl. But apparently, Portland, Oregon now has the Google Street View. Uh, that was my top story. Really? Are you kidding me? It's right here at the top. Look at that. You know what that is? It's a little mind melding going on there. We are simpatico. We're kids. It's a little kismet going on there. The headline is the deception of your personal privacy. It's not coming. Someone's computer is turned up. Wow. Are you on a spa site, Tim? No, Local 6 has just added music to their website, and they didn't have it before. I'm busy serving the Mustard Plug MySpace page. All right. Artist? All right. Uh, Where's the newsman to go for news these days? Ladies and gentlemen at the Ministry of Truth, here is Tim Riley. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. The top story, the deception of your personal privacy. Well, now you can peek in your neighbor's windows. Fantastic. With Google, if you ever wanted to check out there, it says here in the story, Pioneer Courthouse Girl, why? A PGE Park, or want a close-up of your own house or your neighbors? Check out Google's latest Street View Maps. I'm headed there right now. Google has added the Rose City to its roster of cities with detailed close-up shots of the city. Take a 360-degree spin and check out the whole block if you want. Portland is one of a dozen cities with Street View Maps on Google. And if you get bored zooming around town, why not go to Chicago or even New York City? The police have arrested a man at Island Tanning after he photographed a nude lady with his cell phone. A police would call to the salon when a female victim reported that an employee, she saw somebody holding a cell phone over the top of the petition where she was tanning au naturel. The victim reportedly seen the cell phone peering into her booth. She yelled, uh, the victim told an employee who used the business video surveillance system to help identify the suspect. Under arrest is 34-year-old David Allen Rose of Tigard. 
charged with invasion of personal privacy. Now, can I just say, now this is, I, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. I'm, I'm at the Google site, I have typed in my address, mm -hmm. and there is no view of my house. I've clicked Street View, nothing is happening. Maybe it's been removed. Maybe I can no longer view my, well, that would be nice, actually. Uh, yeah, there's no, do I have to have some special thing installed or something here? I'm not sure. Sarah, is it working for you? The computer? Yeah, no, yeah. the Google. Are you trying yeah, to Yeah, well, um, Dave Krause actually sent me a picture of CD Game Exchange. <laughs> okay, I thought you were going to say, here's a picture of me changing in front of a window. Let's home. everyone go to Google right now. Oh, there's one, yeah, there's one right at facing CD Game Exchange. Did you see it? So is it my no. street just not covered? See? Oh, there it is. Oh, so creepy. Google.com. Oh, that is creepy. That is unnerving. Now, once you get there, uh, where do you go? Maps? So I'm at Google, and then I've clicked on Maps. We're now surfing the Internet in real time okay, on the radio. So I want to put in an address. I put in my address. Mm -hmm. I click Search Maps. Mm -hmm. But how do I know if there is, mm -hmm. if my street is part of this? Mm -hmm. Is it all of Portland? Mm -hmm. Oh, my My street, there's like... Oh, my God, I can see my house. Okay, but see, why can't I see my house? I can see my car. You know, the funny thing is, I'm angry about a feature that I really don't want to even exist. I don't even really... No, I've got a map here, but no picture, so I guess it doesn't include the suburb. That's okay. what I'm saying. See, I, I've got, a, I've got a, 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 a top-down view of my neighborhood, but it's not photos. It's just the street names. Yeah. Well, why a, does Sarah's house get to be seen and not mine? You're so whiny. I'm just saying... It's... Oh, my God, look, there's my car. Oh, I see. you got to go... Oh, that's so, that so creepy. That is so creepy. Okay, so you want to go satellite. That's so what they can actually do. find your driver's license. Uh, so here's satellite. Oh, my God, you can see my license the plate. The license plate of your car can oh be seen. Oh, my, here's my street. <laughs> now, how do you get in closer? Okay, now, why? How can I go in a window? <laughs> I love how angry you are. How can I cut off your skin? Why doesn't mine work? To here. I, uh, yeah, I, I'm apparently not a, I'm not, I'm not Well, I have a satellite feature here. All right. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick, how you doing? What's up? Hey, I was questioning your Google thing here. Yeah. Is it lifetime or is it just because I haven't well, seen this before? That's the question, actually. Okay, it, when does it hit Street View? Yeah, because I am hitting Street View. Nothing is happening. I, I'm not a fool. I know how to hit. Aha! Uh -huh, this isn't correct. I've hit Street View. There is. Oh, wait a minute. Nothing. Because I have done it before to where I can see a car in my house, but it's like the picture was taken maybe a month or so. Yeah, so that's ago. my question is how often does this update? No, I'm not trying to be difficult about it. I'm just saying it's frustrating that I have No, no, I think it's an invasion of privacy myself too, but... Well, I mean, they're not like they're taking a picture and they're not. To be fair, they're not showing you anything that you couldn't see just by, you know, walking by your home. Uh, that's true, but still, it's that fine line. It's that's just like frustrating to me that I can't do it. And it, what a weird human impulse that is, too, right? That, it's, that is human nature. I mean, I see my house a thousand times a day, and yet I'm unhappy that I can't see a picture of it taken by some, uh, you know. Well, that's an, okay, that's like another interesting question. Who took these photographs? I think it's satellite. No, but that, that, that couldn't, the satellite can't take a street view. Oh, sure it can. That's yeah, not possible. No, that's not possible. Sure. This like how they have those, uh, like, spy cams or whatever with the with the Air Force and stuff. They can take all those pictures. You, things you have things. no idea what you're talking about. They have spy cams with the Air Force and stuff. Well, you know what I'm saying, the spy little spy planes, whatever they yeah, call them. That's, that's exactly how they talk at the Department of Defense. All right, thank you. Thank Bye now. you. They spy planes from the Air Force and stuff. Um, Traffic. Well, maybe it's my computer. Do I need, like, a Flash update or Java update or something to do this? You guys don't care at all about so my dilemma. The, most, the, most, the closest <laughs> I have... I don't care. I don't, think, I, don't know. I don't think you need a Flash. I can see the two parks across the street from my house. But you can't see your... Rick, I'll home? find your house, no. and then you can look at if it, you okay? you Street View... 
Street View. All right. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. If I find your house, will you stop? Yes. Hey. Hi. Rick. Yes. Did you see on the news last night that they're going to have uh, the OnStar stop your cars now? Yeah, no, we saw that uh, Chevrolet starting in 2009, the man will be able to turn off your car remotely. Yeah. You know, that's just the first step towards England prevailing. <laughs> well, I know I won't be buying a Chevy. It's creepy. All right, yeah, because you were planning on doing it anyway. Yeah. All right. That's all I wanted to say. Bye Thanks. now. All Bye. right. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hi. Hello. And for the love of sweet Christ, Hello. Yes? I can hear you holding the phone. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Psst, I'm watching. Really? I'm watching you get undressed right now. Shh. <laughs> Don't make any noise and I'll give you a puppy. Something. I've got a kitten at home. If you come with me, you can see it. So I guess this isn't right for the suburbs. <laughs> Hello. Okay, the funny part is, okay, yeah, thanks, bye, there you go, thank you so much. All right, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show, hello. Hey, hey, Rick. What's up? Yeah, about that Google thing, it does use uh, spy satellite technology to take okay. those pictures. but how, uh, look, uh, I'm not, I, I'm I, not I've heard elsewhere that Google had a, got, a, had got some inside deal with the government to use that kind of technology. I'm not disputing that the government has spy satellites, like they always say the thing, the government has satellites that can read a newspaper from space. I'm right. not talking about the, the clarity of the camera. I'm talking about the angle. How is oh. it? How is I, I it that they isn't, have, isn't it directly above? Aren't you just no, 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 no. The, the street view is is the view as though you are standing on the sidewalk looking at the house. It oh, is a. I found it. It is a horizontal view. Do you know what I mean? It's not from the top oh, down. Oh, oh, oh! Holy crap! All right. Uh, never mind. I can now see the picnic tables across the street from That's my house. That's what I'm saying. The park. I'm, Sarah, I'm going to write down my address for you so you can look it up. All right. Thanks. By the, yes, by the way, yes. uh, uh, this is a different subject, uh -huh. but uh, I got called by Nielsen the other day. Uh, I, I hardly watch any TVs or any shows you want me to, like, you know, give good ratings It to. would be wrong for me to try to influence you as a television oh, ratings family. Oh, uh, I really should it. say this. You really, be, uh, you really ought to be watching uh, Friday Night Lights. Oh, got it. All right. Thank you. Yeah. Bye now. All right. Hey, this picture is copyright 2006. Okay, but does it say by who? I'm looking here. See, that's the thing. Digital when, Globe. When people are saying that these are taken by satellites, I'm not disputing there are powerful satellites with big you know, lenses and, tech, and science. Um, so this isn't necessarily today, but I can see the two picnic tables in the park across the street from my house. Okay, see, that's a top-down photograph. But the photograph of Sarah's car... Oh, my God. I have your house. See, why does it not work on my computer? There's That's your car. My, there's my car. Now, I can see your license plate, how do, too. How do I get a better uh, picture on this? It shows if you can you can angle the guy depending on which direction All right. he's so facing. Let me describe what I'm seeing. And I think this I must, my computer software must need to be updated because Sarah's looking at it. So let me describe this. So Sarah has brought up a street-level photo of my house on Google Maps. And it's taken from, I would say, a couple feet off the ground, maybe. Uh, but it's basically a straight-ahead view, as though you were standing on the front porch across the street. Or on the side. I would say in the middle of the street, or yeah. maybe even your sidewalk. But, I mean, it's not like... I really strongly encourage you all to go to Google, to Google Maps, and use this street view feature. Because, again, this is not like the old Google Maps, where it's like looking at your house from, the, from space. This is like you are standing in the middle of the street or standing on my neighbor's front porch across the street looking at my house. So my question is, where did they get that photo? Who took that? I'm not trying to be paranoid. I just am curious. That's not taken by a satellite. And that has nothing to do with clarity, but a satellite just is angled wrong. 
The satellite is straight down. Mm -hmm. The angle is wrong for that to be taken by a satellite. Well, do you have a power pole there or anything? Could anything be attached to it? Uh, what do you mean, like a like a I don't know, you know like a telephone pole? It doesn't look like it would be a satellite because that's not from the top. But they would, very they would, weird. There are cameras on my street. I would notice that. I mean, there's that's my whole thing is who took the photograph. It's just unnerving. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hey, exactly. I was driving to work yesterday. I saw a Google car. It said Google Maps. Uh huh. And are it you, was just driving down the highway. Are you screwing with me? No, I swear to God. So you just saw a truck that said Google Maps, and it just no a, a car. It had Google Map on the side of it, and on top of it, there was, like, this metal pole with this, like, red thing on top. So it just drives around and photographs the whole city? Yeah, I think so. I didn't ask him. Yeah, that's what my friend Bart just wrote as well. Google hires people to drive around with digital cameras mounted on their cars. So Cha-ching. <laughs> Could you be more self-satisfied? You are wonderful, sir. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye. Have a good day. Excellent. The guy gave himself a cha-ching. Uh, let's see. Rick. Well, I guess it doesn't work in some neighborhood. Well, this one says if you point the camera angle straight down, you'll actually see the car that's taking the pictures. It's a roof-mounted 360-degree camera on the car. Hmm? He said if you angle it straight down, you'll actually see a photo of the car that's taking angle it straight uh, down. The, um, what does that mean? If you look straight down. I'm looking straight down. No, not you with a camera. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, let's see. Hmm. Rick, okay, no satellites were ever used. It's a big camera. Okay, here we go. Yeah, it's a big camera on top of a car that drove by your house. People are crazy. You can pan the camera down and see the car. Oh, okay, here's what he's saying. Okay. So, Sarah, go back to street view for a second of something. It doesn't okay. matter of what. My house, your house, whatever. Now, there's a tool that lets you angle the camera around. Yes. He says if you angle the camera straight down, you can see the hood of the car. Oh, my gosh, my friend's actually, well, my friend is actually getting into her trunk. In this picture that was oh, taken. Oh, I hope she's not your that's, friend. But that's my. Okay, that's my he says angle the angle it straight down. He says you can actually see the trunk or the hood of the car. Straight down. The camera angle the. There's a thing that lets you adjust the camera. Now there's a thing that lets you angle it straight straight down. I don't see it. Do you see it? I don't see it. You were just moving it left and right. Yeah. Isn't there a thing that lets you move it up and down? No, this is zoom in and out. Ah. Oh my God. Okay, well apparently you. Can, that goes super. There's, apparently there's a version of the page where you can turn the camera up and down. And you can actually see the hood of the car that photographs the whole thing. Your friend is getting something out of her trunk. How long until they catch somebody taking like a big bag of cocaine uh, out of their out of their uh, car with Google Maps and then they use it to nail somebody for a crime? All right. Okay, thanks, sir. This guy says, rather than sending you a picture of your own home, I will send you a picture of the Ace of Hearts. Thank you. Hey, it's, not, it's not the Ace of Hearts, by the way. They read. They named that. They renamed it. The Ace of Hearts, God love him. Now, understand, I am not a prude. Rick Emerson is not a prude, nor does Rick Emerson pass judgment on the sexual behavior of others in any way. But I will say this. The guys at the Ace of Hearts, the people who run that place, which is a, I guess they still call it wife swapping, whatever, swingers, as in the swing, a club near my home, they do have the ability to take something that could be sophisticated and make it sound sleazy. It's clutching sleaziness from the jaws of tact. They, it's no longer the Ace of Hearts. They've renamed it. It's now called... Now, it's got a name and then a subname. The name is not too bad. It's just called Angels. Uh, it's like possessive, not plural. It's called Angels. And below it, though, it says Angels. And Angels is not like a bad name. It's sort of nondescript. could be any number of things. Angels. And then below it, in, in big letters, a sensual social club. Oh, gross. That, that's what I'm saying. I told my wife, same thing. Same yeah. response. Well, I was going to go Google there. Cars. I go there now. Oh, it's like, it's like a Google Volkswagen uh, bug. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Okay, Rick, that Google thing is all done through a magical, magical series of tubes. Oh, and I know why they can't find your house? Yeah. Yeah, it's because you live in a duplex, not a house. Hang up now. Bye. 
We should offer a prize to the first person who can spot nudity in a Google photograph. That's a good one, but in, in Portland? In Portland. Yeah. We should offer a prize to the first person who can spot, and, and it would have to be something you can see on Google Maps, not something you can Photoshop and send to us. There would, there's a cough button over there, you know. There's a button that actually... After all the time, Tim actually turns his microphone off. This is when it's on. And that and the button over there is actually labeled cough. It actually is a cough button. Got it. Okay, I'm just saying, it's not sneeze, not clearing your throat. It actually says cough in big letters. So we should totally offer a prize to the first person who can find a Portland Google Maps photo in which there is nudity happening. That's a great idea. I'm a big fan of that idea. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. You know, now you've given me this great idea. I was going to say, last summer, um, I was driving down MLK, around Alberta Street, and uh-huh. uh, I was actually following some little nondescript, kind of like a Geo Metro or whatever. Uh-huh. Uh, but it had a had a digital camera front, rear, and side, and side. And I was driving down the street, and I was following this thing. It had some, like, you know, some world whatever logo on the side of it. And I was like, this is that. This is the this is the car. They've got these things in every city, every little podunk town, you know. The whole thing is just weird. It's kind of cool, but it's kind of weird. Well, now, see, now the, the discussions come up. I'm going, my God, I should have got online with the Cacophony Society. And it's just like, you know, they're heading this way. Get out in your front yard now or something like totally. that. Totally. Be like, It'd be like the uh, the Google Maps version of those guys that were screwing at the real world when it tried to, <laughs> when it tried to film in Chicago, wherever the hell that was. Oh, I so. missed that. But, yeah, exactly. The lost opportunities. Anyway, All good right. stuff. Thank you, sir. All right. There you go. All right. Well, apparently, yeah. Uh, I guess I guess it's just my computer that is that needs to be updated or something. Or, or if you're in the suburbs, it does not offer you a very close. So view. you can't see a close-up of your own home. Well, this is as close as it gets. Here's my house right here. Okay. Here's here are the two parks across the street from my house. So this is. Now, can you see your car? Or do you have a garage? Uh, the garages are in the back. See so right. the alleyway you go back yeah. in. Okay. okay. Interesting. And you can also see the dead grass. <laughs> That's a big patch of dead grass. Fantastic. It's a big patch of dead grass back there. It's just dead bodies in Southeast. For literally like 20 minutes. Yeah, it's fascinating. It's Everybody has a computer. Well, this is a visual medium. It really is. By this, what do you mean? No, I was just mocking a consultant that I oh, had last week. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, so go to uh, go to um, maps.google.com. You can put spend in, the whole day there. You can put in. Uh, I'm trying to think of like other people's houses that I can put in, which is stupid because I could just you know go there and look at the house. I can go. I know where Sarah lives. I can go and just look at the house. Go, hey, there it is. And then what? Can be in 3D. Move. Yeah, I know. You know, it's just a matter of time too before that Google. I wonder how often they update these. Uh, and if, like, if we go back, it'll be a different photograph. And how long until it's real time? That girl actually moved out two months ago. Okay, so that photo's at least two months old. Well, Portland is a pretty wired city. We are a pretty high-tech city. So we, I would imagine that this is this is step number one. All right. This guy says, I'm looking at a photo of my house. There's a bunch of weird guys hanging around outside. I wonder when that was. It's probably this morning, sir. They'll be back tonight when you're asleep. All right. Um, oh, we should break. Uh, we'll come back at the top. We'll do the top five. Uh, Tim Riley will be back with the uh, news at the Ministry of Truth and uh, more of your phone calls. It's 503 Rick Emerson, radio program. Stay there. Okay, not for lack of trying, I guess. No, and the person that I was talking to is more, like, for some reason she doesn't even know this person, but she's, like, giddy about it. 
but she won't do it. It's the Rick Harrison Radio Program. Thank you for coming by. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Here is what is yet to come today. Uh, We'll have uh, Tim Riley at the bottom of the hour from the Ministry of Truth, and we'll do today's top five. Top five ride songs. I'm looking at the list, by the way, Scotty, and these are exactly the... If you would ask me earlier in the program to put together what I thought your top five was going to be, this is exactly it. The only one that I probably wouldn't have thought of uh, is this number five. So we'll do the rest of those. We'll do uh, that at the bottom of the hour, uh, along with Tim uh, Riley. And we'll do this. I'm going to read this in just a second, which is, and I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on this. I just want to read this. Uh, this is from Blender, and it's the worst lyricists in rock music. Uh, so we'll uh, read that quickly. It is High Concept Wednesday today as well, so uh, we'll do that. But i got to get this final call about, and this is the last call we're ever taking about Google Maps, because the whole thing's freaking me out. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Yeah, I was at uh, Fred Meyer, and I saw a van come in that had a series of cameras mounted in a box on top of the van to give a 360-degree view. They pulled in, they turned around, and then they went back out. So that's how you're getting your street views. All right, excellent. Thank you, sir. You betcha. That's just creepy. All right. Rick, they actually included Vancouver in this new street view technology. Really, who? why does this even exist? I mean, don't get me wrong. It doesn't appear that I'm paying for it in any way, so it doesn't really matter to me. No skin off my nose. But I, I, this guy sums it all up. He says, they included Vancouver in this new street view technology. What a waste of time. <laughs> I mean... I hadn't really thought to boil it down to such a base set of terms, but really it is true. It is a waste of everyone's time and money. I wonder how much this costs, or if Google is somehow laying this off onto some other company. And I know that I... I know I said I was going to quit talking about it. But really, I guess I have to finish. I have to follow through with this observation. I wonder how it is that they're possibly paying for all of this. Since I wonder if the Google car even made it out of Vancouver. I'm sure that someone hijacked it and scrapped it for meth. By the way, there's, uh, there's Mike who is in Vancouver, by the way, so he's allowed to say such things, and I am allowed to giggle at them. So, I mean, what is the possible practical application of this? Google, they must just be developing this so they get this technology so they can eventually and inevitably sell it to the government. That's got to be the only reason it exists. What, what other possible reason would there be for this to even exist? Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Uh, hey, happy belated birthday, Sarah. Thank you, Mom. Uh, hello. Hey, I don't know if you heard, but Jamie Cooley got arrested for a DUI. I uh, no, I don't know if you heard. I just wanted to give you maybe a little birthday present. I'm sorry, I wasn't. I wasn't listening. What? Uh, Jamie Cooley. I don't. uh... Who? Uh, It's it's somebody that used to be on the radio. I think used to be. I don't know where my cricket sound effect went. Uh, That would have been so much better with crickets. Well, I. well, we do operate in the public interest, convenience, and necessity. It was public record. I found it online. Really? That is true. So if this is part of the public record, I suppose that it's... Uh... We have the right to know. Well, I hope that whenever her sentencing happens that uh, that they uh, they treat her fairly and leniently. I, I hope. Well, probably not. After the whole Paris Hilton thing. All right. Thank you, sir. Have a good day. All right. There you go. So two you never ducks found the cricket. walk into a bar. No, I don't know where my cricket. I had to rebuild my entire sound effect library from scratch. Maybe it's in a different place. I uh, I don't I don't know where it went. I had to no. I had to rebuild uh, from absolute scratch my my sound effects library because I lost uh, I, I I lost all the settings for some reason. They all just vanished. 
Uh, and so I was reassembling this, and I don't know where my cricket sounder went. And that's exactly what he said, that I was scrambling to try to find my cricket sounder, because that was, that was oh so very awkward just now. Well, now I'm obsessed with finding it. All right, I'm going to look in one more place, and then I'm just going to move on. Well, I don't care. I don't know where the hell it went. I think you're focusing on the crickets more so than the thing that you just heard. Oh, that. Yeah. Well, into each life, Sarah. Some rain must fall. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Why, hello. Thanks. Thanks so much. <laughs> Bye now. Hi you're, on, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. I will not choose to do that, thanks. Thanks, yeah. thanks so much. Who no calls, problem. really, who calls and gets screened and st- stands on hold for like 10 minutes, and then when I pick up the phone, <laughs> decides that that's the time to Maybe hang up. Maybe they're afraid of speaking on the that's radio. Coming. Endless amounts of time in which to terminate the call. No, 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 I'll wait until he picks me up and is wasting everyone's life by asking me repeatedly, hi, hello, and then I will hang up the call, thus yeah. bringing everybody closer to death with nothing to show for it. All right, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Hi, what's up? Hey, real quick, um, the Google Earth, there's advertising on there. Every time you click on the page, Uh the advertisers pay them. Oh, really? Okay, so fair enough. Yeah. All right, excellent. Okay, thank you. So it's bringing more advertising money. Thank you, sir. You bet. All right, there you go. I keep trying to start this high concept thing, but the lines keep filling up with people wanting to talk about something else. Hello, hi, you're on the radio. Yeah, Rick, you know that contest I did about first person find someone naked on Google Earth? Yeah. Portland Street View? Yes, sir. How about the uh, first person that finds Jamie Cooley drunk on Google Earth? All right. I feel like we started something really unfortunate here. I it, Oh, see, now he's gone. Do you have something caught in your throat, Sarah? What? I can't hear you. I'm not saying anything. Okay. Um, it's not five saying o- a damn thing. It's 503-733-2970. Well, I'm just saying. Uh, one more, and then we're then we're done. We're done taking calls on Google Earth, which I said like an hour ago. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. Hey. I have a really dumb question. Okay. Is this going to involve the? Is this going to involve the initials JC? No. By which I mean Jesus Christ, our Lord of and course, Savior. Of course. No. Yeah. I was just wondering, whatever happened to Jen Lane? I've been. I just got back into town. You know, that's what we that's what I kept meaning to do. Rather than high concept Wednesday, I ought to do the whatever happened to right here. Okay, hey, we're gonna do whatever happened to right here. Uh, screw it. I'm gonna put this I'm throwing this high concept topic, not away, but over on the pile for now. It's now it's uh I'll tell you what, we'll give you the number. It's five oh three seven three three two nine seventy. Five oh three seven three three two nine seventy. Now we are gonna do the subject of whatever happened to. So if you have a uh, if you have a, if you have, a, are people really just emailing or texting you with lol? All right, that's great. Uh, it's time for another exciting installment of Rick Emerson's Whatever Happened To. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. If you've been asking about somebody, a thing, a feature, an element, a segment, a catchphrase, a person, a guest uh, that used to happen and happens no more, and you want to know, hey, whatever happened to blank, uh, now is the time to call about that. It's 503-733-2970. We'll do whatever happened to them. We'll do the blender thing that we'll break into Tim in the top five. I'm sorry, what was your name, sir? Michael. Michael. Whatever happened to Jen Lane? Jen Lane is actually, we're actually still really good friends with her. In fact, I got a message from her just the other night. She was really busy for the longest time because she was trying to relaunch uh, Barfly Magazine. Because Barfly Magazine was, I mean, you, you've heard her, t- I don't want to rehash the whole story for you. You've probably heard her talk about it. But Barfly was publishing, uh, then it was not publishing, 
And then she went through, I think, a succession of business partners, some of whom sort of flaked on her at the last moment. And so there were some false starts uh, with getting Barfly published, uh, pub- published again. And... Her schedule's got to be too crazy to come in, and frankly, she would come in, and it was sort of like just all this sort of awkward, frustrating talk, I think, for her about why Barfly had been delayed again. And, uh, you know, I think she wanted to focus on getting the magazine relaunched. So I said, you know, I'll tell you what, focus on Barfly, you know, we'll figure out, you know, when you want to come back. And she's been rolling with that for a while. She's doing the Barfly buses. Uh, we talk to her all the time. We're certainly still good friends with her. She'll come back on the show at some point, but, you know, kind of the magazine had to come first because she was just up to her eyeballs with it. Okay. There you go. Thank you, sir. Thank you. All right. There you go. All right. It was actually, I had a dream in which Jen Lane was, uh, in which Jen Lane was a, but now I'm all afraid of ending sentences with a preposition. I had a dream which featured Jen Lane, actually, not too, not too long ago. I don't remember what she was doing. Wasn't it in a phone booth? It wasn't in a phone booth. I knew you were going to ask that, and it's not a tumor. All right. Uh, let's see here. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. I have to ask this now. Whatever happened to Jamie Cooley? <sighs> Why did I know that was going to happen? <laughs> Go away. <laughs> Hang up now. Oh, I mean, you know, really. <clears throat> you know, well, okay, what else can we talk about? Let's see. Bye now. <laughs> Maybe this was a poor choice of subjects. Maybe I shouldn't be doing this. Hi, yeah. you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Oh, for the love of holy... Are you talking to me? Well, let's see. Hello. Rick? <laughs> <laughs> See, you're, you're rarely on the other side. It is hard God to tell when you damn. pick up. Hi, yes, we're talking to you, whoever you are. What's up? Rick, this yeah. is Sunday. Yes, hi, Sunday. How are you? Hey, you. Hey, oh, my God, I almost wrecked my car about the Jamie Cooley thing. What's up with that? That would have been ironic. Uh, well, this is good, says wife. All right, I didn't I oh. Oh, really? Why is everybody picking on her? I didn't this say, I, I didn't, you know what? I just answer the phone, sister. All She's I do. A nice girl. All I do is it well? Why is anybody picking on her? I'll kick her butt. She's my girl. Please to define picking on. Well, I mean, you know, she she lives a rock and roll lifestyle. She has that right. To drunk drive? I'm pretty sure you don't have the right to do that. I think that actually is one of those what do you call it? One of those laws. Laws of what? The, the are country, you kidding? The country in which you are a citizen. Oh, whatever. She's a nice girl. Leave her alone. Yeah, well, I'll certainly stay out of her way. All right. Yeah. All right. Uh... Hi, you're on the... Really, I, I would like to, you know, Mothers Against Drunk Driving Everything, to really listen to that woman condoning. <laughs> she lived the right... She didn't do life. anything. We should say, by the way, that I don't have any proof that that was actually Gustav's wife. She identified herself as being Gustav's wife. I don't have any proof that oh. that was. Oh. All right. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. I haven't said anything, by the way. I answer the phone calls. People say what they say. Mm-hmm. Hello. Rick. Hi. Hey, man, whatever happened to Jolie from the front desk? See, there we go. Some actual, you know, I heard the J sound coming out of his mouth, and I feared it was all going downhill. Jolie, I can't, I wish for the love of God I could say where she worked, and I can't. She requested, not because of the, the people, but because of the company she works for, um... It, when was it before we left Entercom, Sarah, or were asked to leave Entercom? No, no, she she was there a little when, while after. Uh, when uh, we left Entercom, we were escorted out of Entercom, and she decided that working in uh, you know an accounts receivable it was not really it was sort of a tedious, soul crushing, excruciatingly dull job. 
and she went to work for a different company, and I can't say who they are, uh, but they are a very conservative company. Uh, and I will say this. Jolie went to work for a very conservative company that has a strong religious affiliation. And I'm not trying to be snarky, that, that's, but that's why I can't say where it is. So well, Jolie... Couldn't she just grab a phone and, like, go into an undisclosed location in a bathroom stall and call in once in a while? I you, just... you, will know by, you will know, by the way, that Jolie has been back once or twice, and it always is uh, on or about a religious holiday. Um, so she does work for an organization that has very strong religious ties, and so, therefore, every so often there is a religious holiday that allows her to, to come back on the air. Well, I look forward to hearing her at Kwanzaa. Yeah, we're, all right. <laughs> Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. All right. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. What's up? Yeah, whatever happened to the uh, biggest ball of uh, blank you put a challenge out a while ago, six, eight months ago? Right now, in, in lieu of High Concept Wednesday, which I think we'll move to tomorrow's High Concept Thursday, we're doing Rick Emerson's Whatever Happened To. Uh, and I've got one of my own, by the way, that we'll end with. Uh, whatever Happened To. Okay, there was this period on the show when I decided that we were going to do the world's biggest blank of blank. And I couldn't figure out what it was. It was like ball of twine, a, a pile of duct tape, a, a mountain of used laundry. Uh, you know, sculpture made out of earwax, and we couldn't figure out what to do. And I think the closest competitor we had is we almost did a, the world's largest uh, pyramid of beer cans. That was the closest we ever got, and we were going to do it for Christmas last year. Uh, we were going to do a pyramid and raise it in Pioneer Courthouse Square, and it was going to be a Christmas tree made out of beer cans. And... I think we calculated at one point, and I had several engineers back us up on this, that it was going to take like 64,000 beer cans wow. uh, or something. Just something that even our audience, with a head start of a week or two, wasn't going to be able to drink. So that just sort of got discarded. And then, like with so many other things inside my Teflon brain, it just slid out of one of my ears, and I never thought about it again until just now. <laughs> right. So there you go. So it was a great idea, but we just didn't have the drinking capacity to, uh, to make it happen. <laughs> All right. All right. Thank you, sir. Thank you. All right, we're uh, talking about uh, whatever happened to on the Rick Emerson show. Hi, you're hey, on the Rick. Emerson show. Hey, what's up? What's up? Um, hey, whatever happened to what the? Do you remember when Tom Likas was here? Yes, and sir. that lady called in and said she killed her fiance or killed her whatever. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. the woman who called up and admitted. Uh, now, if you when, when he was, was in Portland, this was last November. This is November third, I believe, when Tom was here broadcasting his show from downtown, and a woman called his show and admitted to killing a guy, making it look like a suicide, and getting yeah. away with it. And he turned the audio and the information. She was in Arizona, I believe. I want to say yeah. Phoenix, but yeah. Arizona somewhere. He turned the audio over the cops, and they were investigating uh, gunshot deaths that were reported as suicides. And uh, you'd have to ask Tom to be sure on this, but I don't know that there's been any resolution of that yet, legally speaking. I know the cops were looking into it. Tom, I think, was on the news several times talking about it. Uh, but I'm, I'm pretty sure uh, that there has been no legal resolution to that as of yet. Yeah. So there you go. So, so whatever happened to that is I think it's still in the hands of the man. Cool. All right. Thank you, sir. All right. Thanks. All right. Uh, it's Rick Emerson's Whatever Happened to. Hi, well, you're the Rick Emerson feel show. a little bad about that. What? About the thing that people have been calling I have to answer the phone. That's true. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, I just wanted to clarify for everybody calling in real quick that um, when you're on the air, it actually goes... <laughs> In your ear, so no, it does make a little bit of a staticky noise, yes. When you hear that, then it's time to speak and not hang up. <laughs> but um, yeah. anyhow, I just wondered what happened to uh, you riding your bike to work every day. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks so much. I rode my bike yesterday, you sons of bitches. Okay, that's like the one, one time in like two months. Yes, yes it is. Whatever happened to it is I stopped doing it. 
That's whatever happened. I'm trying to do it more frequently. I really am. Are you going to say what I commented on in the hallway? Slow going. Oh, yeah. Uh, that, 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 oh, yeah. No, I, that, that Sarah told me, by the way, you missed this in the last break. I was going to the, uh, to go to the bathroom, and Sarah looked at me and sort of said, I think your ass is getting bigger. So thanks for that. I appreciate that. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Actually, I was just going to ask you the same thing the guy asked, just asked you this, uh, this previous guy about your bicycle riding. Yes. But, you know, yes, it's, yes, it's gone badly. I, here's the thing. For the first, uh, I don't know, month and a half of the bicycle challenge, man, I was doing it. I was really doing it every day, man. I was doing it really well. But the thing yeah. is, once you stop, it's like inertia sets in, and then every day it gets harder to walk by those heated seat covers that your car has. You know, it just becomes more and more difficult. So I am slowly trying to get trying to get back on the horse, as they say, but God damn, it takes willpower that I just don't even have. You know, I really told you we're going to see it through. That's all. You know, you, you, you sounded like you had, you know, yeah, the results, you know. The, yes, I will see this through, and, uh, you know, I'll, you know, you know what I mean, right? I know. I'm no, no, no. I'm, uh, I'm, 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 I'm trying to help the children, but it's, boy, but you it's know, just so hard. Sometimes it really is just hard to help the children. All right. Well, I'm working on it, uh, sir. Yeah, I know. Just, just forget about them, then. Just, you know. <laughs> Thank you. Bye sure. now. Sure. Okay. If not Bye. for the children, do it for your ever-expanding butt, Rick. Whatever happened to Glenn Fisher? Glenn Fisher. Thank you. Bye now. Oh, you think that was a mean call? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Hi, you're on the Rick Everson Show. Hello. It's a voice from the past. Hey, what's up? Whatever happened to Ed Till? Ed Till is working in Long Island. I believe he's working at a comedy club in Long Island right now. He was doing radio here, the radio there, and I think he actually, at the moment, I could be wrong about this, I'm not sure he's doing radio. He's working at a comedy club, to the best of my knowledge. I remember he all of a sudden just started talking about sports, and then he was gone completely. Yeah, it's uh, I, but I think that was not. Uh, I don't think he was asked to leave. Uh, I think he just decided that uh, radio in Portland was not where he wanted to be, and you know, radio is kind of a transitory medium yeah, anyway. A comic. Yeah, so I think he's uh, he wanted to get back to New York because he is from New York originally. I think he's from Queens, and so I think he wanted to get back there, and so that's uh, that is where he is at the moment. Well, thank you. Thank you, sir. All right, we'll finish up this bank of whatever happened to, and then we'll move on. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Um, Tinker, the, the preoperative transsexual yes. lesbian. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Tinker, who used to call the national show especially, uh, was the, uh, yeah, the preoperative transsexual male lesbian, I think is how. Uh, we still hear from Tinker every now and again, although I think Tinker, not unlike Bunny Yeager in the movie Ed Wood, has decided not to have the operation. Uh, so, uh. You're all, you're all sad about it. So I think Tinker is now just a creepy guy with a penis. But we were going to get him breast implants, remember? I do remember that, actually. <laughs> Boy, the, the weird things that I have done to make money in this world. Just Thanks, Rick. Thank you. All right, finish out this bank, and then we'll uh, move on. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. You know what I miss? No. Mailman Chris. I mean, Whatever happened to him? He does call in every now and again. He just doesn't call and do the official wrap-up at the end of the program anymore uh, because he, he, you know, he has a job and he's on the clock and he didn't want to antagonize the guy who signs his checks. So he does. Yeah, he he doesn't want to do push-ups. Well, he did, and he does call in to be fair on his break and so forth. But calling into the end of the show was putting it in his work time and not in a break time. He didn't want to get in trouble. All right. We don't, yeah, there you go. We don't want to get him in trouble either. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. It's whatever happened to. Hey, Rick, whatever happened to caring about God's lesser creatures? Are you talking about dogs with three legs? or No, the the, the children that desperately need the money that you were supposed to help raise. You know, the money that you're stealing You know, you bastards, I buy you like, them, Rick. I have raised $1,000, I'm pretty sure. I'm yeah, pretty and sure also I've screwed them out of 2000 No one knows that part if you don't point it out, you know. 
Rick, yes. I mean, come on, man. Is that the best you, you can do? Is that the best you can do? Come on, Get dude. Get on the bike. All right. You... All right, bye. Bye now. All right. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. It's whatever happened to. Hello? Hi. 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 Whatever happened to your little black book? My little black book. Oh, oh the kill? book. Yes. Oh, it's not people to kill. No. That's you who keeps saying that. I don't say that. What do you say? Uh, it's a book of people who will be dealt with at the appropriate time, as circumstances warrant, after a glorious revolution. Uh, you know who should go in it? Is that skank who outed Mailman Chris? Oh, yeah, the woman who got yeah. him in trouble. There was a woman who That's got right. him in trouble with his bosses. I do still have the book of people who will be dealt with at the appropriate time. It is, it is right over here. So Let's I hear more about it. With the, I think the last guy we put in it was Michael Vick. Uh, so it is probably time to start adding to it again. Thank you. All right, thank you. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. It's whatever happened to. Hey, whatever happened to Sarah Dillon doing uh, traffic on Channel 6? Sarah? I stopped wanting to wake up at 4 o'clock in the morning. Stopped wanting to slather on 15 pounds of makeup and have a horrible hair color decided for you by the fashion designer at Coin. I'm sorry, that was me. part of my day. Yeah. All right. Well, it's, uh, you know, Sarah was, uh, she kind of became grumpy, Sarah, during that era. So we're glad to have her uh, free of television. She was not happy with that job. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Hi. uh, You're on the Rick Emerson Show. It's whatever happened to. Hey, guys. Love the show. Thank you. What happened ever happened to Clyde Lewis and his psychotic ramblings? Uh, yeah, where is Clyde? Clyde Lewis, I don't know, man. We'd have to ask Scotty about that because the thing is that Clyde was calling us every Monday, and then there was there was one Monday when he called in, and Scotty was actually in here in the studio with us. And so the phone rang, and I think it went on auto hold, which is what it does if you call it. It rings twice, and it goes to auto hold. But Scotty was here in the studio with us, wasn't able to screen the call, wasn't able to get to it. Uh, and, and Clyde was on his lunch break because he does have a real job. And uh, anyway, so there's this kind of little minor blow-up where, where uh, it, Clyde thought that we had blown him off or whatever, and we talked to him. We said, well, no, 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 we, you know, we, you know just, Scotty was just in here. We weren't able to screen the call. Um, but then after that, there was something where his lunch hour got moved, and then he wasn't able to call in. And so it, it sort of ended with him just unexpectedly not calling in one week, and then because of his real job, he wasn't able to call in after that. So he's still doing the thing at Dante's. Um, and right now, I think just because of his gig, he's just not able to call unless we pre-recorded it. And frankly, I just don't care enough to get here at like 7 a.m. I hear you. Well, we'll just blame Scotty. All right. Thank you. Yep. All right. Bye now. Uh, well, we should do one more here, and then I have one, and then we'll break. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. It's whatever happened to. Oh, I was talking about Google Maps. And, uh, of, course, Mark, actually. of course you were, yes. Sorry, uh, well, I don't know if you guys haven't been out to see Storm Large and Cabaret, do it. It's a fantastic show. Excellent. And uh, use for the, uh, the street view is uh, you can find out exactly where the armory is downtown, and you can find the nearest parking garage and see them for yourself so you don't get lost. All right, excellent. Thank you. There you go. All right, bye now. All right, so here's my whatever happened to. And, Scotty, I'm throwing this, out when, this one out to you as well. And when I ask this, you all are going to say, by God, that's right. Whatever happened to cross-country Nate? <laughs> I hope he's not dead. Oh, my God. You're right. They all disappeared. Yeah. Remember they never come back? him and his girlfriend and they their kids? They were kid? going to stay at someone's house. The last thing we ever heard about him, he was going to stay at the house of some hillbilly who had just sort of met him in a bar. Oh, I almost swore. Oh, yeah. man. So it was him and his girlfriend and their kid, and they met some... Some rednecks in a bar who had invited them home to stay at their house. And that was the last day we ever heard from that guy. And that was like four months ago. He was calling us like three times a week. We have never heard from that guy since the day they went to stay with the hillbillies. 
Have you checked their MySpace profile? No, I'm afraid to. Oh, God. All right, think about that while we take a break. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-3970. Back after this, more of your phone calls. Tim Riley in the top five. Don't go anywhere. And you know, Sarah, that in your head, you're just picturing Cross Country Nate and his wife being picked up right by Rob Zombie's band of rednecks. I know. And they're in some house I know. thousand corpses right now. If somebody can find their MySpace profile and just make sure they checked it, please let us know. I'm kind of freaked out, actually. Yeah, I wouldn't worry about that if I were you. They're in a better place now. Uh, let's Ray, see. Wouldn't you feel that new baby, dead not, girlfriend? Nothing happened to them. I'm sure that they're fine. He's probably just Why sitting getting high somewhere. Them? Maybe they settled down to Montana. Uh, maybe they, they, new life. maybe they did move on to a commune or something. I'm just saying, well, you know they're hippies anyway. I mean, they're very nice, but I mean, they, they, were, they were hippies. Let's not delude ourselves about that. So I'm sure that they're just living on some sort of like, they're living in a kibitz or something. Uh, Rick, this isn't a what really happened question, but a WTF question. Uh, I'm a big P1. Li- I'm the most P1iest listener you have. Why do you? Uh, why did you start saying "Watch out for snakes" at the end of the show? Did something happen those eight seconds I missed last year? Uh, that is from Todd the Corpse, who no longer gets credit for his emails. We used to play that little sounder for him, but I think that that has passed. Watch out for snakes. Um, Watch out for snakes is a quote from a mystery science theater episode called Ega. There's an episode of Mystery Science Theater 3000 Ega where there's a character who says really muffly off screen, "Watch out for snakes." Um, which has sort of become a pop culture reference with Mystery Science Theater fans. Fast forward to this year when The Office was on, and there's that trip where they, that's, that uh, episode of The Office, the, the Steve Carell office, where they take a trip down to the beach on a big bus. They charter a bus and they take a trip down to the beach, and as they are getting off the bus, the Steve Carell character says in a muffled voice, Watch out for snakes! Which is clearly a Mystery Science Theater 3000 reference. And so I just started saying it the next day, and it stuck. But it's from Mystery Science Theater 3000 uh, via The Office. And finally, Rick, whatever happened to the Eat Your Soul guy and Sarah Dillon's Band-Aid? Sarah, do you want to take the latter part of that? Yeah. Um, we, we changed buildings, and then I wasn't able to get a production studio. And then it was just it's starting to be more trouble than it was worth. And then I got a second job. And because then, you hate children. And I, like Rick, do not like the mentally disabled children. Yes. Uh, what, was, what, was the first, what was the first? Oh, the Eat Your Soul guy. I don't know where that guy went. He pops up like once a year. Maybe. Remember that guy used to call in and so anyway, Rick, about line item veto. I'm going to eat your soul. And then he would just hang up. I don't know where he is. All right, ladies and gentlemen, at the Ministry of Soul Eating, it is Tim Riley. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Breaking news. Snowball the Deer will not be returned to his loving family in Milwaukee. The Oregon Department of Fish and Wildlife cruelly made the announcements at a press conference moments ago. Instead, Snowball will be placed in a wildlife facility in Milwaukee. So it's only a matter of time before the lawyers come into this. Snowball? Snowball. This is the deer that cannot fend for itself. Oh. It's being taken away from the family that mm-hmm. loves it. Plenty of tears will be shed in Malala tonight. You can thank the Oregon Department of Fish and Wildlife for this cold-hearted decision. Sons of bitches. Uh, meanwhile, Forest Grove police are searching for the man who exposed himself at a drive-up coffee window. This happened at the uh, the coffee shop on Pacific Avenue in Forest Grove. Well, this Late didn't happen night. at that place with the large-bosomed girls in the bikinis? This is a uh, different place. Okay. Oh, this could be. I don't know. Just checking. The Dutch Brothers Coffee Shop on Pacific Avenue, Forest Grove. Late at night. 
apparently this man asked a whole bunch of questions to the barista, and then she looked out the window and saw the man exposing himself. She called police, but he ran away. He's described as a Caucasian male in his 40s, seen wearing a dark puffy jacket and uniform pants. He has glasses on and scrappy hair and a Safeway bag with a bottle of bleach. <laughs> oh, that's just creepy. Uh, the bottle of bleach and a Safeway bag. Safeway bag, exposing yourself to the coffee girl in Forest Grove late at night. That's that's the weirdness in some of these stories. It's the sort of it's like you know you. Uh, you know, the, the suspect was, uh, uh, you know, arrested, carrying, you know, whatever, and then it's like him kidnapping a Girl Scout, and then he's got a bowling pin in one hand. And so, there's always just the tiniest little fillet at the end of these stories. He made the list of Fox 12's most wanted with the eagle. Well done. Yep. Congratulations. You get a prize. It's a forest grove. Prize is incarceration. Uh, David Hasselhoff has fallen off his wagon. A former Baywatch star uh, has a brief relapse. Didn't we do the story earlier? Like, a, like an hour ago. All right. Has he fallen off the wagon again since then? I'm not sure if he was put back into it or not. All right. Uh, apparently, uh, let's see. Nothing more needs to be said about that. Hey, in California, if you live in an apartment building, you will no longer be allowed to smoke there. The Belmont City Council has adopted the landmark ordinance regulating secondhand smoke in that city. So how long before it, it gains uh, passage in other cities? What happens in California comes here two years later. Smoking is permitted only in designated outdoor areas of multi-unit housing. Well, when does that thing happen here where the bars are going to have to be non-smoking? Is that this December? 2009. So it's the, it's, it's a week, uh, a week, uh, uh, a year from this December. Mm -hmm. So I don't have to really bitch about it now. I can wait. Yeah. Okay. So you still have this Halloween. So I can go, I can pollute myself for the next year. You can. All right. And then we have these other stupid rules like no smoking on the Max platforms. Who follows that? No one. The Max cops are sitting right there. These teenagers are pumping away. I And I don't want to start a whole thing about it because it's one of those issues about which I still have not made up my mind. So I just... It's I'm like, not why pass it. laws if you can't enforce them? Well, and any... Any law that makes criminals out of, uh, you know, as somebody once said, any law that makes criminals out of like 30 million Americans is probably not a good law. So, just yeah. my, my, my opinion. So continue to smoke. We don't care. Go ahead. So there. Uh, and that's all we have for the moment. part of your rock and roll lifestyle. It is. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Yeah, this is uh, one of the many Daves in the Couve. Hi, Dave. Yeah, I did the Google map for cross-country Nate. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh! You created. Okay, I'm sorry. Just I thought you. Do you mentioned... remember his MySpace URL? Uh, it's uh, it's on my page, but uh, I can give you the quick wrap up. Uh, they're not necessarily in a better place. They did make it back to Vancouver, safe and sound. Vancouver, Washington. Oh yeah. Okay, so now America's that, Vancouver. I wonder why he uh, why he quit phoning in. Uh, the way that they told me was that they kept uh, getting put on hold by some call screener, and, ah. oh. and uh, I think that sounds like a this sounds like a fabricated excuse. Well, when you got only got a cell that's uh, probably you know twenty to thirty three cents a minute, uh, uh, maybe it gets a little expensive. No, to this, this sounds like this sounds like a cover story is being put out. Uh, you have to ask. When me is the last time you had a, When is the last time anybody got a cell phone plan? By the way, that charged you thirty three cents a minute to do anything. I can call Belize on my cell phone, and it's a flat rate. Yeah, but if you got to pay as you go. Yeah, that's true. Maybe if they're doing like the uh, like a prepaid phone or something. Yeah. All yeah. right. Uh, we'll see. Scotty's blaming it on me. Rick, your fault. Your <laughs> fault. All right. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah, hey, I wonder that. how long it'll be before Snowball is stolen from meth. No. Oh, I thought we were doing I thought you were going a different way. I thought you were going the clerk's way with that. All right. Thank you, sir. Goodbye. Right, bye now. All right. Oh, it looks like Keith, uh, Keith or Sutherland will be getting his uh, 48-day jail term just a few days before Christmas. Really? Yep. He'll be away from home this holiday season. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. What does he? What do you get busted for? DUI. Okay. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. What's up? 
uh, whatever happened to this radio station sucks. Turn it off. <laughs> the radio station did suck, and they turned it off. Come on, that's funny. Oh, I don't even. Oh, I don't even get a courtesy. I get okay. I get a real laugh from Sarah. It's been two other things since then. Uh, it really has. <laughs> and now it's just empty. Is it or it's gone? No, it, it's it's there. It's but home I mean, of Dave Paul, but not at Intercom. Yeah. It's gone away. It's, it's owned by Salem or somebody now, right? Yeah, it has like a third tier talk show host. Not even. But they third. do have Dave Paul. They, that's a good part. It's not even third tier. They can see the third tier from where they are. Uh, all right, yeah, so it, yeah, it's not even at Intercom. I don't maybe make it sound like no, a pick on Intercom. No, it's been day. sold. All right, well, of course. Um, all right, it's 503-733-2970. Is that, is that the extent of your news? Yeah, that's all you get for now. I better get in the other room. Why? Oh, because of the other news you're going to be doing later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, here's what, here's what we can do, Sarah. We don't have time probably for this. Well, let me ask you this. We do. We can do either the top five. Uh-huh. I can do these emails about people waking up and having uh, guys standing in their room in the middle of the night. Or uh, I can do this list of the worst lyricists in the history of rock. Worst lyricists? Like, are you going to read the lyrics out loud? Uh, no, I'll just read the list. It's I don't have the lyrics with list. me. Yeah. I should probably do that tomorrow because I don't have the lyrics with me. Yeah, let's do that. All right. We'll take these calls, and then we'll uh, and then we'll do what? Hey, Rick. Hi. It seemed to work for a second there. There used to be a call that used to call. This was like about five, six years ago. That used to call every day. I think he lived out in Beaverton or Hillsborough. He, uh, I can't remember his name. Are you feigning? Are you feigning ignorance? No, I seriously, I don't remember his name. Dave from Happy Rock. No. Okay, well, let's just get to the. But why he, do you care? He, let me just say, he sounded like a, like a, a portly fellow. So the, a, hold on. He, so there used to be a hold on. There used to be a guy who called who sounded kind of fat, and you're wondering where he is. <laughs> no, but he was a regular caller, like every day, and he like had the inside scoop and stuff, and he, you know. It's like you guys were pretty tight, it seemed like. So I, don't know. Uh, well, I don't know. There's very few people who we allow to call every day because there's some, you know, a lot of the people try to call a lot and then they get put on, you know, they get put on a leash. No, we're talking like back when you when you almost first started here in Portland. This was like 70 Are you talking ago. about Hog Whitman? Oh, yeah, yeah. Hog Whitman. Hog I don't know Whitman. where Hog Whitman went, actually. We heard from him a few months ago, but I don't know where he's going. Is he a then. You know, he is, he is a guy that called a lot, and he, you're right, he was the original guy. Very rarely um, will we tell somebody that they can just kind of call whenever they want, because, you know, especially in talk radio, sports radio is even worse, by the way. Sports radio, <coughs> same four callers every single day. Always, always, always. Every single day for sports radio, we get the same handful of callers. And so in talk radio, uh, usually if somebody starts to do that, you'll kind of you'll, you, you'll, you'll ease them down a little bit, as Michael Bean says to Sigourney Weaver and Aliens. You'll ease them down, and you'll say, look, you've you got to call us like once a week. Um, Hog Whitman, though, was one of the first exceptions to that rule, where he was allowed to call whenever he wanted. And right now, George from Wilsonville is the guy who has that. George from Wilsonville is allowed to call whenever he wants. Hog Whitman has, I think he's got a real job, though. I think he was working at home, and then now he's not. But he did send us a Christmas CD. That is right, Scotty. Oh, so he's still around. He's around. No, he's alive. Okay. All right. There you go. Thank you. All right. Thanks. All right. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, whatever happened to... Um... I should have known if I answered the phone, it was just going to be this again. Yes? Whatever happened to when Sarah used to do her little spiel about going out clubbing and then, uh, you know, if you see me out on the town, order me up a... Uh... Whatever, oh, this is how we know we need to end the bit because this is a recycled question. Uh, that was, oh, is it? I no, 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 that's, that's fine. No, don't take offense, sir. Whatever uh, happened to the sound bit where uh, where Sarah had the bad girl vibe that everyone craved? Oh, I've got the bad girl vibe that he craved. <laughs> I don't remember. Let's I don't recall. That is the best one. See if I don't we can find that, that here. Hold on. Is this the the? I, I smelled my hand and I made everyone else my hand.
No, that's not it. I don't know. No. What that is. All right, thank you. Uh, no, you're talking about Band-Aid. She doesn't do Band-Aid anymore. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Rick, you're angering me. Okay. Teasing top fives again and again and then blowing them off. Five, four, three. Thank you for the segue, two, sir. One. I'm scripted that anyway. Scotty J, would you please come to the studio? It really was pretty flawless right there. Well done. Why, hello, Scotty J. How are you? Well, good afternoon, Wilderville. Why did you assemble this top five of ride songs uh, from the 70s? Uh, there's been a lot of carnival accidents lately. Is that the real reason? Um, no, I was in the shower and I kind of was humming one of those songs. To I myself. bet it was Slow Ride. <laughs> no. Are you humming Slow Ride to yourself? No. In the shower? No. Nope. I can't see him humming it. Can't you see him scrubbing it going, Slow Ride? I've always been like, nah, 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 nah. There were two big ones that you forgot. No, I never, I did not forget those. Did you ever hear Clyde Lewis's really unnerving? That's the shower song. Did you? Please don't talk about you being in a shower. Don't ever say shower. Did you ever hear Clyde Lewis tell you the story about 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 this song here? No, actually. Clyde Lewis at one point, and this is on the air, Clyde Lewis at one point revealed that this song was his preferred song to have playing in the background while he engaged in an act of self-love. Oh, self-love? To himself. He has a preferred soundtrack for self-love, and it's that song right there. Um, now you'll never hear it the same way. That? Tim, right, because I don't want that image in my head alone. Here, Tim, uh, do you want to count down the top five for us? I already found out the ones he forgot. All right. Uh, oh, look at the top. These are the top five ride songs from the 70s. Oh, okay. Uh, remember, these are the top five, so there will be no save a horse ride or a cowboy joy ride or even ride the pony. Honorable mention goes to Blood, Sweat, and Tears and the Spinning Wheel. This isn't a ride song. It's just ride a painted pony. So there's, because there's a lyric that uses the word ride in it? Yes. These are the most elastic of definitions. No, 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 this one here gets the honorable mention for the, the famous, uh, this one. What is this song about? I, I don't know, but that's what I kept hearing in the shower. Ride a painted pony. Yeah. <laughs> Were you riding the painted pony when you heard it? Is that like riding no. the cotton pony? <laughs> Imagine people rush out to buy this 45. They couldn't wait to get over to the Benjamin Franklin or the Kmart to yeah. buy it, right? It must have been so much easier to sell records back when there was no internet and people were stoned all the time. All right. Number five, Sticks and Midnight Ride from 1975. You know, there's a, I can there's another one you're missing. There's a whole bunch of them. I absolutely thought of one you're missing. I'm going to write it down. Hold on. I already know what they are. Yeah. Why is there so much sticks in your top five? Top five. I'm not really sure, because uh, first of all, um, the one that, that you guys are all going to say, and I'll say it right now, the Ride Captain Ride. No, that's not the one I'm thinking of. That's Blue's Image. That's not the are you, are you sure it's not uh, the same people right here? No, it's just uh... Ride Captain Ride. <laughs> no, there's <laughs> Okay. There are different songs. Yeah. Yeah. This is Sticks Midnight Ride. Yeah, this is a terrible song. And number four, War with oh, Low Rider from nineteen seventy five. Number so seven hit. Boy do I hate this song. Now I had Christopher Cross Red Like the Wind in there, but I hate that more. This I agree with that. This one's more you know, is, am I alone here in radio or is this the only is this a song that you now completely associate with stereo sales? This is come on down to Super Carl Stereo World. Oh, that's right on in and ride back out with a Canwood stereo. 
That's exactly what I think of every time I hear this now. It's just commercials for auto stores on the radio. But everybody loves the number three song. Here's Bachman Turner Overdrive and Let It Ride from 1974. This isn't quite a song, is it? No. <laughs> it's on the same album, though. Maybe this will be the second choice. This will be one of those songs that that new radio station is advertising on the back of a bus right next to Margaritaville. Because there's just not enough Bachman Turner Overdrive in this world. Oh. Now, this is the same guy from the Guess Who. Also, he's a Mormon. No, didn't, so you know. didn't Bachman turn overdrive or, or uh, yeah, they had like, it was either them or, Ble- I'm sorry, it was Blood, Sweat, and Tears. They had like 50 band members. Well, Bachman turn overdrive's gone through a lot of them. Uh, yeah. All right, counting on the top five 70s ride songs. Number two, Edgar Winter Group and Free Ride from 1973. I hate every one of these songs. No, I hate every one of these. It's the number one song. Oh, my goodness. I have this album. I detest every song on this list. I don't like this song. No. It's all rides. Now, here's what I was aiming for earlier. Rides from the 70s. Can I point out that you did not put Midnight Rider by the Allman Brothers on this list? I almost did. I had no Riders of the Storm. No Riders of the Storm. But you had to replace it with a song that had the word ride in it. You made no one happy stuff. Here's... here's, You've disappointed everyone, Scotty. You are a failure in the eyes of the Lord and us. Can I tell you this? You also didn't put Ghost Riders in the Sky by Johnny Cash. Did you put Riders on the Storm? Riders on the Storm? You didn't put Riders on the Storm, you dick. I had all these lined up ready to go. We are going to kill you. We're going to take you out back, and we're going to beat you to death with a sledgehammer and cook your body. And at long last, number one was Slow Ride, 1975. Here's Clyde on the big station. Clyde at one point shared with us on the air that this is his preferred soundtrack to self-abuse. I like this because it always reminds me of Dave's and Confused. Have that image with you, Tim. Take that with you, Tim. Yeah. We can bring you a copy so you can listen to it on the mat. Try to scrub that out of your brain. (laughs) All right. Say hello to your stalkers. All right. Tim no, Riley, I, I only picked that as number one because of you mentioning it. I hate this song so much. I have this whole album at home, but I hate it. I hate every song on it. I don't know why I own it. I don't know why it's in my I collection. Love, this is great because it's, it's the opening scene for um, Days to Confuse. Yeah, it is. And That's guess what I think of every time I hear it. going slowly around the parking lot. I think of Clyde all lathered up in a hot tub. Ah, by why would you say that? <laughs> that is not right. Uh, yeah. It's part of Clyde's rock and roll lifestyle. All right, we'll take a little break here. We'll come back after this. It is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Don't go anywhere. Anymore, anyway. No, I, I harbor no animosity anymore because I don't ever talk to her. Uh, hi, uh, welcome now to the saddest part of the broadcasting day, the final segment of the Rick Emerson Show. And by the way, I hate to go back and start playing Clyde's, uh, you know. Are you? No. No, but here's the thing. No, 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 but listen. Why do you have to say that? Why don't we just say the no, beginning? I gotta play this. Okay, you, you have to stop calling that down for a second. No, but just listen to this for a second. Now, Low here's ride? A, I don't get it. Here's. Okay, remember how we played I Want to Hold Your Hand a while back, and, uh, and and I was pointing out a thing in this song that I hear that nobody else ever heard, which is John saying, I don't want to hold your hand. You know a thing that I've noticed in this song that no one else has ever pointed out? That in the back of the verses, you can clearly hear the opening sound effects from Money by Pink Floyd. Listen. Listen. 
Can you hear it? Yes, yes, I can. You're freaky. Okay, but why does no one ever point that out, that the sound effects from Money by Pink Floyd are playing in the background because of a Foghat song? You listen in layers to songs. A lot of people don't do that. I mean, I think you can hear things. Well, now I can hear it, but it's I didn't hear it It's just freaky. Before. But, I mean, why is that there? Maybe they're fans of Pink Floyd and it's their subtle truth. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Last call of the day. What's up? Hey, uh, first of all, happy belated birthday to Sarah. Oh, thank you. Hey, um, I can't believe Scotty J did not put on right on from the... Oh, from Highway to Hell, you son of a bitch. Oh, that's right. That's uh, not directed at you, that's Scotty. Oh, to be we should take him out back and uh, insert red-hot pokers into his ears. That is a great... I can't believe he missed that, and I can't believe I missed him missing it. Uh, all right, thank you, sir. All right, thanks. All right, there you go. All right, um, no time to be fair to another caller here, so we'll just get ready to uh, wrap things up. Let me see if I can... Uh, do I have time to read a creepy email? Yes. Let's see if I even have this here. Rick, this just happened last month. I... This just happened last month. Six. I had a dream that I awoke to a noise. When I opened my eyes, someone was silhouetted between me and the bedroom window. It freaked me out enough to wake me up. Then I was afraid to open my eyes. Even as I lay there terrified, I couldn't figure out if I dreamt it or if I had opened my eyes while sleeping and put the thought into my subconscious. Needless to say, I just stayed up the rest of the night with my firearm close. This was just last month. Ugh. All right, there you go, Sean. He has best show ever. Thank you, sir. We want to thank CNN Radio correspondent Ed McCarthy, Lisa Desjardins, and Steve Kastenbaum. Uh, let's see. Join us tomorrow when our guests will include myself and me and Sarah and so forth. Uh, Rick Emerson, show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon for AM 970 Solid State Radio in the newsroom. Tim Riley, the PA, Scotty J, the gatekeepers, Dave Zinn. Like us next. Down at Mike at 7. We'll see you tomorrow at 11 a.m. As always, thank you for listening. Don't let the bastards grind you down. And as always, watch out for snakes. See you tomorrow. Bye now. Don't hang noodles off my ears.